Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember... I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember. We are not afraid! Here on Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock. On Declare Your Independence, that's oh, another independence declaring kind of individuals, Gabe Blomgren and Caleb Collier. Now, uh, Caleb is a, I don't know if you can be a former Marine. I'm not sure you're allowed to. You're a Marine. You know, we have uh, Caleb Collier is a Marine. He's with the faith portion of turning point usa so that's interesting we've you know had conversations with them um he was also a city councilman in spokane valley in washington there and we in a pre-interview we didn't get to talk i go oh we'll save that you know that, that that's gonna be fun fun because i've been to spokane i tell you man there's enough purple hair there but you know there is a a a a resistance, a pushback. Now, Gabe Blomgren, he's a associate pastor and worship leader at On Fire Ministries in Spokane, Washington, which over the years I have attended several times. And uh, so they got it going on. They have a lot of people. They are, man, they are in the aisles. Woo! We be a worshiping. So this is, and that's one thing, you know, a lot of people, they don't know, um, you know, what it really is to have a worship service. You know, if you're from the South or, or Baptist or non-denominational, law, you find the right one, you'll see that it's not just getting the message. It's putting yourself in the right frame of mind to receive it. And there's so much that is in the worship part of it. And you'll go, ah, you know, some place, man, they don't stop a lot of times. I mean, it's just, it, we doing the music and singing, we're getting in the mood. And that is what, uh, you got to find God. I mean, where, 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 where do you find God? Well, you know, in your heart, you know. But uh, do you find it in the state? Should you? you know, church and state. I, the very first thing, as we have Gabe and uh, Caleb explain that to me, I'm going, oh, man, you got, you got to help me out, guys. You know, go ahead and let's start off with the definition of church and state as the name of your podcast. And we'll get into the podcast, what we can do to help. And I want to introduce you to our audience because, you know, times are coming. This is a good versus evil thing. You've been hearing me really focus on this of late. And here is another big, giant Patriot missile in our quiver, you know, of uh, uh, God's fight against evil. Could it be? Satan that we're up against? Well, let's find out. Gabe Blomgren, explain it to us, will you please? Yeah, 
Thank you so much, Ernie, for having us on. We just we, we just want to, first of all, say thank you, Caleb, from the bottom of our hearts. We, we just appreciate your hard work and effort that you and your wife and your team for years have been doing. And just we, we want to be as the younger generation just coming in right behind you and pushing against the beast. And the beast now is very clear that Satan has taken off the gloves. One of the biggest lies that the humanity ever bought into is Satan tried to sell that he did not exist and that, that you know, through evolution and, and through science, that there was no God. And on top of having no God, there was no, there was no evil. It was just all just humanism. And we're here, a ball of goo, and we just ended up into something here. And, but the reality is, is right now, our enemy, thank you, Lord, is actually during the Grammys. Do, you know, you, we have homosexuals who now are, are wearing Lucifer outfits, you know, with the horns. And, oh, and it's just absolutely decadent. Every Super Bowl is basically just a ritualistic ceremony. We have right now the unveiling that's happened over years and years. One of the first radio shows Caleb and I ever did. We talked about Epstein Island. We talked about the pedophilia. We talked about adrenochrome. We talked about all the evil that's around the earth. So right now we see the unmasking of Satan. And now the permission slip for the church to arise is here because David was able to kill Philistines. You know, he knew who his enemy was. And, and people are going to take and twist my words that I'm, I'm, I'm saying, hey, we need to get into a physical conflict. That, that may come because we have to have a defensive posture. But here's the reality is, is our enemy has unveiled who he is. And Matthew 16, 18 says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church or ecclesia, his gathering, his body. Um, and so Caleb and I took this, just, you know, we just realized Alex Jones and a lot of who are our heroes who had woke us up to the reality of things around us, they would talk about Jesus to an extent. And, and we just realized there is no political solution to a spiritual problem. We know that now we, we can diagnose it. We can diagnose it. We can, we can go vote. We can go do everything civically. We can, but the reality is it's man's heart. Man's heart is inherently evil, and the Constitution is not fit. Caleb, hold up the Constitution, because that's what Caleb's all about. The Constitution is only works for a moral people, and I'm holding the, the, a physical copy of the Holy Bible, the written Word of God. You know, these guys were not deists. They were not. Daniel Webster was a card-carrying evangelist and pastor and preacher. Okay, we, we had the signers of the Declaration. There was four confirmed pastors. We're also legislators. So we... We're we're reopening th this this subject. Yeah. Subject. So so I guess the the answer to your question on that is is most of your audience is going to be familiar with this idea of separation of church and state, which is found nowhere in our founding documents. It's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Declaration. It's it's not in the Bill of Rights. I challenge anyone to find it there, and I'll pay you a hundred bucks. All right. But they take it. It's a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist, assuring them that the the state would never involve themselves in church matters. Okay. But the left, in traditional fashion, has weaponized this. So they weaponize this so that the vast majority of Americans will just say separation of church and state. They have no idea what it even means. So what we have done on our show is we've got a pastor over here and a former politician who still works in politics, and we are breaking down that barrier. The church, Christians, should absolutely be involved in government if we want it to be a moral society, well, we understand that that moral standard comes from Jesus Christ, and anything in opposition to that is going to get us into the position we're in now. All right, I, you know, I, 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 I don't even want to give my opinion, <laughs> you know, because I, I want to, I want you guys to define, because when you have a 
the separation of church. There is a separation in the Bill of Rights. I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, there, there's no select religion. You know, it's freedom of religion. It's not, I don't want, you know, President Biden going, therefore you all are this denomination or something. I, I, you know, I, I, I vote not there. But, the, um, but I do understand your point. Morality, right and wrong, good defined versus evil defined, you know, you have to have some kind of standard by which you're defending individual rights. Because I'm a big Declaration of Independence guy. You know, it's when governments are created for one reason, defense of individual rights, free will. You know, there's no virtue enforced whatever. So when it doesn't do that, it's time to alter, abolish, it's your right, your duty. So I'm like, sign me up, man, I'm all good. Then you get a decade later, they bring the Constitution, and you know I'm not a big giant fan of the structure. I mean, how they did that. But to keep from having another revolution, we'll do that Bill of Rights thing of the ten thou shalt nots of government kind of deal. You know, so this is kind of my mindset of how this works. So when people say the Constitution, I'm not. I'm. I'm. You know, I understand that they built this structure. Might as well just call them king. I mean, I. I it's. You know, it's like. Guy, who is it? Patrick Henry, I think, or Payne. You know, goes. Uh, what happens when you have the three branches of government aligned against the rights of the individual? And I know what happens. You find yourself in a free speech zone. That's what happens. Okay. So you know. Oh, and it's constitutional. So say at the Supreme Court. So I am not. You know, by man's documents. You know, going to give that as the standard, or they pass a law or some crap like that, that has freaking really less and less to do with my life. Less and less as time goes on. So I'm much more about the spirit, you know, as it fills human beings and us having love and compassion and empathy for our fellow man. And what we're up against is not that. You know, it's a lack of empathy. It's a sociopathic because I can and you're letting me and you're stupid enough to let me. So I, I am. And they, them, those, you know, they, you know, they, you conspiracy, who are they? There are those that just want to be left alone and those that just won't leave them alone. That's who they, them, those are. I just call them T3, you know. Well, that evil, that, that, that no empathy, that because you, we're going to do it and you're going to, and you let us. So you deserve us doing it because you let us. Well, that let us is stopping that blowback, that pushback, that resistance, and I don't think they, them, those, realized when they did the lockdowns and they're forcing this stuff into our bodies and, you know, uh, uh, God needs a little help on the immune system kind of crap, you know. Whatever they were doing, I don't think they realized the blowback that was coming. And a lot of us that have been involved in politics, and I know, Caleb, you you were uh, uh, influenced by the Ron Paul revolution there for a while, and I, you, you saw the spontaneous order of people. And it was definitely, you know, a good spiritual man that was, you know, emphasizing, hey, you know, uh, Dr. Paul cured a lot of people's apathy, including my wife. And uh, she was kind of in it, you know, supporting her husband and kind of, yeah, whatever, and going through the motions until that. And I took her on the road. And I said, you got to see what's going on. And once you could see the ocean of goodness that we're in, and that we're so tolerant and we're so um, just go along, get along, because we're just not, we don't have an evil bone in our bodies. A lot of people, they don't look to cause harm or willing to cause harm to get some benefit. So as time goes on, now we're realizing that we're in a battle. So here comes church and state ready to engage in that battle. And I need to know from you guys, go ahead and sharing yourself with the audience of what 
tools you bring, what emphasis you have, what effectiveness, what metric are you going to use for success? Is it the journey? You know, well, the destination is, doesn't matter about the destination, it's the journey. It's the resistance. Resistance is the goal. You know, so this is kind of what I'm seeing coming, and it's just been in the last, well, it's been building, but the epiphany has been within the last week or two. I'm going, as bad to getting ready to write about 2024, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's kind of, but then what? And then we get to have church and state on with Gabe and Gabriel, and I'm going, yeah, that's what. This is what. You want to see what? This is what. So yeah. I'm really supportive of what you do. I want you to talk about that, of your engagement in this battle, what's already happened, what you need, what you're looking for, what's your metric. Is there a geogra- geographic area that, you know, the more local the better as far as I'm concerned, but I'm just, you know, what is it that you're going to look for, the actions of people to take action, to get involved, and then what metric? And I don't give a crap about vote totals. For me, it's like general public opinion. Vote totals are like a side effect, you know? So this is the conversation I want to have and to emphasize to the audience the power that you bring to it and how we can help. Absolutely. So uh, a few things that I just wanted to address. I'm right there with you. I am a Declaration of Independence. I am a Bill of Rights. As, as you said, it's a it's a thou shall not. It's and instead of uh, it, it very, very much mimics the Ten Commandments, the, the original, the, the Ten Bill of right. Rights there. And it's all directed to government. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Um, and I, I think um, the, the American public needs to get really familiar with two specific ones, and that's the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. I, I, I love these amendments. The, the Ninth Amendment is actually my favorite amendment, and I know that makes me a nerd, but I don't care. I'm proud of it. <laughs> the Ninth Amendment, enumerated rights. We have so many rights that the Founding Fathers didn't even talk about that we still retain, and we need to embrace that and then go to war against that. And then the Tenth the Amendment, obviously, the the we have so many rights that, that the states retain or the people retain that we can fight back against a bloated federal government. I mean, if I would have been alive during the, the foundation of this country, I would have been an anti-federalist. I, I would have opposed what they were trying to do because right. it did have the potential to centralize government. And, and that's not something that breeds freedom. Now, to address what you were talking about with the uh, the COVID lockdowns and all this thing and, and even going back to the, the Ron Paul revolution, I have a saying that I, I, I say all the time. Great oppression breeds great opportunity. And that's what we saw during, let's just take COVID, for example. We saw that. They pushed so far that their oppression actually gave us a great opportunity to get more and more people engaged in the fight for freedom. And that's what we saw in Spokane. We saw it throughout the entire country. Uh, There were people who had largely just sat on the sidelines and and been comfortable because America was a great place to, to live. You know, we still had some degree of freedom it was getting stripped away from us but we were largely numb to that and all of a sudden that tyranny is right in your face and so all these people just came out of the woodwork to fight against a tyrannical medical system at that point now as far as uh what we are trying to do on church and state you've got a politician and you've got a pastor and we are so dedicated to the cause of liberty that we'll give up anything and everything in order to continue to be in this fight we are a, a local group uh, in, in Spokane, Washington. But that being said, we also have a national platform in church and state. Uh, and so we want to mimic this everywhere. Gabe brought up Alex Jones, and Alex Jones used to encourage his audience to start your own shows, to become the alternative media. And we heard that, and it resonated in our hearts, and we took it and we created church and state. And so now we offer an alternative media, and people are hungry for the truth. The more that they try to suppress it, the more that they try to 
bring in this idea that your truth is not necessarily my truth. It's all relative. People desire, because we're made in God's own image, we desire to find truth. And so people are hunting for it. And for us, we're offering that type of platform. And I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Gabe, to get some thoughts as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to start this because we we are in such a unique place, Ernie, and I know some, some somehow we we find ourselves in one of those situations where it's like you're in a mall and you have to you know a mall you've never been to you have to find out first where you are at, and I think the spirit of the Lord is revealing to the church and to namely those patriots who are like Gideon's men. Gideon, Gideon, he separated the thousands down to the hundreds, literally. And there was a unique breed of person who actually, the Bible talks about, they bent down and they brought the water to their mouth. They didn't shove their face into the water. In A, they weren't exhausted. And B, they were on the lookout because the enemy's prowling. He's constantly prowling. But those 300 men, they just brought calmly the water up to their mouths and they weren't afraid. And God is uniquely bringing those people together. We live in the Pacific Northwest, Caleb and I, and it's called the Redoubt. It's a unique area that I believe is fortified in, in some of the books we've read. Um, Joel Skousen said that this area is one of the safest areas in, in the whole entire United States. We joke around about, you know, movies like Red Dawn and stuff like that. We watched as kids. We ended up in one of the greatest places. Now, unfortunately, we have Jay Inslee. We have a very, very blue state thanks to Tacoma, thanks to Federal Way, thanks to King County in Seattle. They push the most extreme agendas on us on the eastern side of the state. But we're ready to push back. And here's the reality is I'm a Christian. I'm a blood-bought, saved pastor. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've been told all my life through osmosis of the church, not really verbally, but I've been told that Christians are pacifists. We should wear beauty sashes and have long hair and just be content to just take our bread and fish and, yeah, and just right be up chill. Until- <laughs> yeah, wear Birkenstocks and, and, and just be community people. But that's bull crap. Okay, we are coming down to one of the most unique times where it's a fight or flight response that has to be woken up in the Christian. David looked Goliath in the eye and on the 39th day, he called him out and said, this is BS. You do not speak this way about the God of Israel. Okay, I know who I am. And his brothers mocked him, frankly. They said, David, you're just coming here for your own self. You're trying to exalt yourself. And that's usually what happens when somebody's brave enough to actually step up and say, no, I'm going to keep my church open during COVID. So so you you, all can do whatever you want. And a lot of people will accuse you of you're, you're trying to exalt yourself. That's absolutely a work of the devil. And we are coming in, Ernie, to 2024. And you and I and Caleb and everybody knows it, that another form of COVID has to happen. They have to do something and the next pushback is going to be for our life so right now we we are we are gathering up people who are like-minded and we ourselves are trying to gather up and 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 solidify with people like you and yourself and what you're doing and 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 what already works we don't want to try to reinvent the will but you know there's a prophetic edge to what god has given me through the bible and i i'm not going to do it thus saith the lord but i do know this where we are going, we have to do it together. Ronald Reagan was very clear in saying, I almost kind of wish an outside alien force would come in and try to attack us. And I kind of, right now, the alien force is Satan. He has come in as a lion. He's not a lion. He comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's stealing our kids. And that's where we got to say hands off. Even the gays for groomers are like, this is so gay that they're saying it's gay. They're, they're saying this is ridiculous. <laughs> This is, yeah. this is absolutely abhorrent. So where are we as the church? We're still sitting back on our, on our laurels. So I'm going to be talking in circles on this show. It'll be sounding like I'm disrespecting the church, but 
I'm actually encouraging the body at the same time. And then you'll also hear me sound like the sky is falling, but you're also going to hear from me invest in gold and silver. You're also going to hear me invest in bullets. You're also going to hear me take your money and spend it on, on property. So even though the sky seems like it's falling, the church, it's time for us to rise up. I'm with you, man. All right, Gabriel. I mean, Caleb, go ahead and, uh, you know, tag, tag in on that. Yeah. um, So uh, I know that you were interested in kind of uh, our history and what we've done uh, leading up to the creation of church and state. So I I suppose it'd be a good opportunity right here to uh, to introduce the audience to us and, and who we are as individuals. So uh, as you said, I, I am a Marine. We never say former Marine. Uh, all the other branches can say that, and we'll make fun of you for it because we're Marines and we're the best. Um, but <laughs> I, I took an oath to uphold the and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Right, and that, and now and that the, didn't expire. It never expired. Uh, never expired. I, I still do that to this day. And I look around and I see a lot of domestic enemies these days. Now. As I uh, got out of the Marine Corps, I, I became an EMT. It's something Gabe and I both have in common. We were both EMTs, and so we've seen a, a lot of horrible things uh, within that uh, within that job. Uh, but then I started to get engaged in politics, and it was really um, GMOs for me. I started I started uh, actually protesting GMOs. Uh, gosh, way back in the day, I think 2011, 2012, something something like that. Uh, or no, sorry, even further back from that. Um, but uh, but then I got really involved in the Ron Paul revolution, I, and I loved Dr. Paul. I loved his principles, his ideas on liberty, and from there I was able to take that and actually become a city council member. And so as a okay, city wait, council wait, wait, member, wait, 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 let's go. Oh, yeah. let's, let's get up to the point where you become a city council member. But why Ron Paul's effort? What what drew? Why? Yeah, so I, I started uh, reading a lot of materials, listening to a lot of individuals like Alex Jones, for example. And, um, you know, 9-11 was really kind of that wake-up moment for me. Uh, as a Marine, I was just kind of like, yeah, let's just bomb the entire Middle East into a parking lot and you know, turn it into a sea of glass. And then 9-11 happened, and I was in the Marine Corps when 9-11 happened, and, and everything changed. And uh, we, were, we were in a state of war. And so me being an inquisitive type of person, I started looking at things, and, and it didn't add up. Uh, you know, why, why, was, why, why was nobody uh, in the air? Why, why was anybody trying to shoot down these, these planes, especially after the first one hit? Why are we blaming uh, you know, the Iraq and Afghanistan when it was Saudi Arabians that actually hijacked the plane? Uh, how does a plane even strike the Pentagon at that level? Uh, you know, how, do, how do these buildings get brought down? I started asking those types of questions. And so I, I started down this path of, of questioning literally everything my government was saying to me. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. 
Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project with a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for the sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network. Tonight's presentation is a conversation that I had with Pastor Gabe Blomgren. He's Associate Pastor and Worship Leader at On Fire Ministries in Spokane, Washington, that I have attended several times over the years in the summer when we visit up there. Very vibrant, very passionate, very committed. Now, his co-host on the show, the podcast Church and State, is Caleb Collier. He joins the show and has, you know, a, a little bit different perspective. One's much more spiritual. The other one is political. And together you get a wide range of perspectives that I think is interesting. Enjoy. And then 9-11 happened. And I was in the Marine Corps when 9-11 happened. And, and everything changed. And uh, we, were, we were in a state of war. And so me being an inquisitive type of person, I started looking at things and, and it didn't add up, uh, you know. Why? Why was why? Why was nobody uh, in the air? Why, why was anybody trying to shoot down these these planes, especially after the first one hit? Why are we blaming uh, you know the Iraq and Afghanistan when it was Saudi Arabians that actually hijacked the plane? Uh, how does a plane even strike the Pentagon at that level? Uh, you know how do how do these buildings get brought down? I started asking those types of questions, and so I, I started down this path of of questioning literally everything my government was saying to me. And as I did that, I discovered these, these, these elitists are liars and everything that they've done. You cannot have a bill in government passed the very next day after a tragedy like right. that. But it's your typical crisis and solution. They already had the Patriot Act ready to go. All they needed was that crisis. And the American people are going, rah, 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 USA, USA. Well, all of their liberties are getting stripped away. And so that set me down that path of, of this Ron Paul-like revolution, you know, reading books like The Creature from Jekyll Island uh, that, that informed me about the Federal Reserve and how, how long they've actually been at this and how many brave patriots in our past uh, who revisionist historians have really given a black eye, but they were fighting against this system way back then. So that, that's really what kind of brought me to that path to start trying to get involved in local government. Okay. All right. I want to emphasize this a little bit. It's very revealing. When you kind of um, started to realize that eh, it's not what they said, you know, it's not federal, it's not reserve, you know, it's a, it's about control, it's about, it's about, it's about, it's about being a marine, being uh, oathed to defend. See, it's a constitution. It's not president. You know, it's a constitution, but it's really not even that. It's the constitution, but the principle behind it, what it means. You know, there, there's something that is fundamental to our form of government and by for of people thing, the promise. What's the promise? So I want you to under, you know, um, uh, have people understand what, how as a young man, a Marine, you conceptualize the promise, the oath that you took. You know, it's like you, you carry around the Constitution, I understand, but it represents something. You know, it, it means something. What is that? And then we'll get into you going to try and, and defend that as a city councilman, you know, and then you take a, another oath, I'm sure, 
So I, I'm, I want to understand what you thought that meant. All enemies, foreign and domestic, the United States Constitution, which means what? What the Supreme Court said it meant? I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think it means? What, what I know about the Constitution is that this was inspired by, hold that up for me, Gabe, by that. And you cannot look through our history as a nation without understanding that that Bible influenced our founding fathers more than any other uh, author, any other philosopher. They quoted from the Bible more than anyone else, more than Locke, more than anyone. And so when you look through the Bible and you understand that these ideas on liberty come from God, that's what you're defending. That's what you're taking an oath to defend. The Bible tells us that he brings us freedom. The Bible tells us in Acts 5.29 that we are to obey God rather than man. And so any time that we see a violation uh, against the Holy Scripture, then we are required as Christians, required, I'm going to emphasize that word, that we are supposed to oppose that. And so when I took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States, I was taking an oath to uphold and defend individual liberty, the liberty that we have to Live our lives, raise our families the way that we want to, send them to the proper schools that we desire. Uh, all of these things that just are inherent in the fact that we are created in God's image, we have that liberty. And so that's what I was taking that oath to. All right, Gabe, you're blowing up, man. Go. Yeah, Jesus was a revolutionary. I think so many people are just, they're, they're completely misconstrued. I don't know if he was it's, a revolutionary. Uh, he, he, he literally said, I have come to. Not to to bring peace, but a sword. That's his words. He said, I have come to divide houses, to literally split families up, because he knew the system had to come down. And the reality is, is Jesus tore down the Sanhedrin. He tore down the pharisaical system of the Levitical priesthood. He He's the one who actually designed it up in heaven with his father, but it had become so repugnant, so disgusting. In the executive and judicial and legislative branches, the original intention was godly, but now something completely different has sprung, and, and it's completely been polluted. And in the same way Jesus tore down the Levitical system, we see right now God moving right now and causing problems and the revealing of actual sin is happening. And then on top of it, Jesus came in and defeated the Romans on top of it. Eventually, over time, Boom. Constantine himself said, okay, I submit. I give up. Okay, mom, here, name all these places. His own mom named all the places where the miracles happened. It was all completely wrong. And it turned into another demonic entity called the papacy. But the reality is, is we're at this crossroads right now. Romans 8, excuse me, Romans 1, chapter 18 says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and all unrighteousness of people who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. And catch this, since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes. This is speaking to the Constitution. To, to knowing that nature's God, the God of nature and nature's God, his invisible, invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse, for they thought they knew God, but they did not glorify God or show gratitude. Instead, they became nonsensical, and their senseless minds were darkened. We are at that place right now. Rome was actually so repugnant. Everything 
everything was set center stage for literally a barbarian horde to eventually take them over because they had become such a desensitized, immoral people. And their spending habits were decadent. Everything Nero did was absolutely filthy. Burning Christians in, in arenas, using their bodies as torches. Now, we're not there, but the thing is, huh. we're seeing it in China. We're seeing it in China right now. We're seeing our brothers and sisters being murdered and slaughtered. Yeah, no, in no, we're there. I mean, you know, maybe not, you know, in Spokane, but we're there. I mean, you know, this is, you get plenty of examples of this. You know, when you say nature's God, that's the Declaration of Independence thing. And I, I, I you're going to get me, you know, I'm just going to interrupt all time on this declaration. Do it. You know, because you know, the thing is, this Declaration of Independence was such a spiritual document. It was a recognition of, you know, of God. God's supremacy on all things, you know, on, it was just so, ob- we hold these truths to be freaking obvious, you know? So this <laughs> is, that. so this is, and, and the, at the end of the declaration, there was a point in there, and I remember seeing a, uh, they had a celebrity reenactment sitting in Independence Hall reading lines of the Constitution. You got Danny Glover here, and I don't know, Patrick Swayze there, and whatever. And I was interested in what Mel Gibson was going to pick. I go, okay, Mr. Patriot Braveheart, give me some Mel Gibson here. What's it? We must there acquiesce in the necessity. And I'm like, boom, that's a good one. Okay. Towards the end, you know, it's like, all right, yep, you know, it's on now. And once it started, it didn't stop. You know, there's not going to be a stop. And what happens is you have people that understand they're giving their lives or fortunes or sacred honor. And that was, that was, man, and you look at what happened to all the signers of the Declaration, it was not too good, okay? But did they feel, the decision for that was already made before they even signed it. You know, they knew what they were doing, you know, and they knew for posterity, you know, for the children, for generation next. I have 12 grandchildren. I'm in. This is, I'm not leaving this fight to them. And what's happened, I mean, what happens when grandpa's had enough? What happens when we make the decision for? What happens when you got dozens of, of uh, you know, people you're responsible for for the future to leave it better than? So this is, I'm, I'm in, I, I have an understanding, and you keep talking about truth. And I remember when we, we did a thing, it was uh, during the Levolution, and we had, we know the truth. And, and Banksy had, I want to show you the artwork, you know, a, a bandit throwing a bouquet of flowers kind of thing. And that was opposition to the bankers and such like that. Kind of, you know, Christ chasing out the money changers kind of thing. And um, we put on there, you know, Lovolution. And I'll, I'll show you the graphic, but Lovolution, we know the truth. And the biggest pushback I got, truth, what's the truth? Oh, it was, it was the truth is the subjective truth, the truth. And I'm going, Wow. And I go, I'll tell you what it is. It's not lies. You know what the truth is? Not a lie. That's what the truth is, at least, you know. So this was, we did Christmas cards this winter. You know, from Black Friday to Christmas, we put out thousands of Christmas cards on cars, you know, in their little side mirror there. And then we did flyers, we call them trash can flyers, and I'll send you some of this stuff. These are really good activist things. you like it. So this is the card. You know, the, see if I can get there. You know, we know the truth. Then on the back, the revolution, oh, like we know Thanks the see. truth. Now, where that goes, the campaign was, is it goes to open source education that we hooked up with James Corbett. And it was just century of enslavement, 
how and why big old conquer the world war one conspiracy blah 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 yes. the reason was is that what's coming in 24 we knew people had to have a contextual understanding of here we go so we're going look they need to understand this good evil thing they need to have this kind of input they need to have like church and state to give the con- context of what's going on why bad guys being bad to what end for what purpose to to do what what's our role as individuals i'm not um uh i'm i'm really more about the end kind of a martin luther got the printing press and made a bunch of bibles for everybody kind of thing which is what the internet provides this next level of of resistance and i can see it coming you know it's it it something wicked this way is right here Okay, so this is the, the the motivation that I have for helping you guys. I, I it, you know, I this is what we do. You know, I'm not about oh, look at me, look at me. What's my metrics? How many people, money I make, whatever. It is seeding and pushing and multiplying the effort in people exactly like you guys. So this is not just an announcement. This is the beginning of how I can help you. You know, what can we do? Now, when we came, um, uh, the mindset that I have for the 2024 is, um, yeah, the beginning is nigh. You know, the end is nigh. I'm going, you know, I start, and, and that has hit me before. I go, the beginning is nigh. Okay. Now this, right I'm glad it's right triggering. Yeah. We have this up and it, this, this freaks people out. Why? Because the Patriots got a gun. What does that mean? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, we did that. Where that came from is a couple of years ago, we were up in Spokane. We had the love bus there. And, you know, tell the people about the event that that was, Gabe. You know, you know, paint the picture of what was going on then. Yeah, so um, actually, I'm the one who organized that one. Um, and uh, oh, okay. we've done a number of rallies uh, against the lockdowns. And so, you know, we were opposing the lockdowns, what was going on with the economy, the mandatory masking, and then the, the discussions about mandatory vaccines. And so uh, as, as I saw and I looked around, and, and this was really a motivation for me, I started seeing all these small businesses that were closing, mom-and-pop right. places that they'd poured everything, their lifeblood, they'd, they'd sweated and cried over these businesses, and they just started closing down. And the government had no empathy whatsoever. No, that was their intent. Exactly. Yes, they, they, they wanted to break the middle class. I mean, that's, that's communism in a nutshell, right? And they weaponized the health department so that the sheriff's department was not the bad guy. The sheriff's department would look at, look at everyone and say, hey, it's not us. We have to enforce with the health department. So the health department became the stranglehold. Yes. And so yep. we, we started doing these rallies. And, and uh, you know, one of the, the talents that God has given me is, is I'm able to organize people. I'm able to get them out in the streets. And so we'd had a rally before where we had about 2,000 people show up. And, and then we planned another one a month later. And that's the one that you attended. And we ended up having 5,000 people show up. And we marched to the streets of Spokane. And we really pushed back. And, and literally a week or it was either a week or two weeks later, our governor of our state actually decreased the amount of restrictions that he had implemented. And so it worked. Uh, unfortunately, I had another rally right after that one. And that time, only 500 people showed up. And it, it's unfortunate because that's the mentality of so many Americans is that they, they, they will push back. And then when they see it starting to go in the right direction, oh, it's time to settle back down again, guys. Okay, no, no, that's when you got them on the ropes, and that's when you go after them as hard as, as you possibly can. Yeah, kick them in the uh, face, leave a scar to remember you by. 
exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, but you you were at that rally, and it was a phenomenal event, and it really gave a lot of hope to our community. You know what happened is we brought the the love bus with our sign making skills, and um, uh, we had the stencils, and we set up stations for people to make their own signs, and that was a laser stencil cutout of what you had the beginning is nigh, and that was a recent one that we had done. You know just. Prior to that, coming from back east, and I'm going, yeah, it's time. You know, we can do. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, a patriot with a gun, ooh, a musket with a band, oh, the guy, heavens, the Murgatroyd. And I'm going, no, this is what's coming. It's you know, there's there's resistance, and they try to demonize that. People are actually willing to fight for their rights. Oh, heavens, Murgatroyd. Why would why would we support someone like that? Who else are you going to support? So this is. But it has to be an individual thing. This is the one thing that I want to emphasize. There's a lot of organizations and churches and uh, 501, 508, 5050s that are out. This collective wants to serve these interests and join our collective so we can be collective and the head guy will tell you what the collective is going to do and that you go out and do it. And it's more, I, I think individuals should use those organizations for their decentralized ends of them understanding that the head of a household, the parents, the family unit, that they have to be convinced and, and not just blindly follow anything. I don't care how much of a pastor they are. This is the decentralization down to God's people that we make the determination. We set the standard. We got the standard. It's the Bible you're holding up. I mean, holy moly. It's just like, this is it. You know, and how many times they go, nope, you don't want a king. No, we want a king. No, you don't. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. No, you don't. Yeah, we do. Okay, you asked for it. I mean, you know, so there's so many. Yeah, and then they chose Saul because he was tall, and, and that didn't really work out too well. I, yeah, I mean, it's just, you read the Bible, and you go through it, and I've, you know, read through straight a couple of times. You did the King James, because I thought I was supposed to, and then I, you know, did the, uh, the Good News version, so I can understand what the heck I just wrote, read. But, you know, so you go through that, and you start to see that it was, you know, just just a parallel of everything that's going on now. You know, it, it's just so repetitive, and it didn't really dawn on me what it was until we started uh, the last, oh, probably about the last five to seven years, that I started to realize the evil in the Bible and the evil that we're going up against was a lack of empathy. There was no love and compassion. You know, that's not how they operate. They're sociopaths, psychopaths. They literally cannot feel empathy for the other guys and they're willing to do anything to get maintain enhance their power control over individuals and groups and they'll do it because they can and it, there's no there's no mental emotional spiritual moral moral block for them to do it they just do it and we let them so this can we talk is about one of those us. can we talk about one of those things that i think you know is a chief in the in the pantheon of Satan's tricks. Please. If you you can scroll through some of the pictures you have, there's a picture of Caleb and I where we're standing in front of Planned Parenthood, and we're in the middle of winter, freezing our tails off. This is actually, I think, this is before Roe v. Wade was overturned. But we, what we have done in our city is our our pastor who he. He heard from the Holy Spirit. We have to take the fight to the gates of hell itself. The Bible says the gates of hell in Matthew 16, 18 shall not prevail against it. And we had the realization that the gates of hell 
in 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 post you know you know ancient Israel were in a place called Pan's Grotto is is very unique place Mount Hermon and down at the very base of this mountain the very place where the demons had made an agreement the fallen angels had made an agreement we will not go back we make a pact we are going against Yahweh we make a pact together Jesus went to that place and said, nope, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, the particular gate in our city that God revealed was Planned Parenthood. The God of Molech, ancient, ancient God, who the Israelis even gave their children to, is an old, old ruse. He, he tricked you into believing that if you gave up your child to him, you would be prosperous in your future world and your blessing and your, your, your inheritance would be greater. And the same demise has happened to the United States of America with the passing of Roe v. Wade and then in 1971, the legalization of abortion. Our city has been murdering at the gates of hell babies, and it's still going on because Washington is legislatively even looking into codifying Roe v. Wade in in the state of Washington, which is absolutely sick and abominable. And I pray that our governor does not be struck down directly from heaven for that. But Caleb and I are freezing our tails off because our church, you can see the sound system behind it. We would have 500 people. We used to be on the city street side of Planned Parenthood, but what happened is we ended up getting sued. I was named in a lawsuit and four other individuals. Planned Parenthood sued us, and a, a absolutely godless judge in our city broke our constitutional right of assembly and said that the five of us were interfering with health care. And they, they named a individual uh, who supposedly had about uh, some time after closing time, because we didn't even do worship uh, and, and it wasn't loud worship with drums or anything. It was acoustic worship there. They, they said that they were grieved and it caused them in, innumerable, innumerable damage. They were named in the suit and we were all sued. The five of us had to go upon um, the help of our church insurance, and they covered us. Uh, but the thing is, is now I I can't even be within 200 feet of that building. My constitutional right to to assemble, I can't be within 200 feet of that building. And right now, if I was to go there, there's a chance I could receive a $5,000 fine. And I, at this point in my life, I'm kind of thinking to myself, Ernest, why, why should I give a crap what man says? Why should I care what a judge says? And, and the unique thing is, I think names are important. Caleb was given the name Caleb because God knew long before time he would be taking on giants. God would have him cross the promised land. Caleb, at 80 years old, Bible Caleb, was killing giants in the promised land. My name is Gabriel. My mom wasn't saved when she named me. She did not know that I would be an oracle. I would be speaking out truth. She didn't know that I would do any of this radio stuff. But somehow I got that name. Very ironically, I don't know if you know what your name means, Ernest. Literally, when we sign documents, they're called an earnest agreement. Your name means vigor and intent. And it's not a surprise to me that we were given these names for such a time as this. And I think the permission slip that people need to know is the gates of hell are already afraid. They're shaking. We we just have to get out there. And the gates of hell in your city could represent something else. I don't know. I'm... uh... I am affected by my name, but it wasn't the reason why I embraced the Declaration of Independence. It just was really cool to have Ernest Hancock's signature. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm in your face, man. Let's do it. So it, it does influence a lot of that. We were uh, uh, influenced by what names that we gave our children for other reasons. But it is, um, I don't know if it's a sign, but I'm glad that you guys are there. And I, I wanted I wanted to emphasize 
your actions because they're representative of something else. There's something else going on. There's something else going on. What what is it? You're you're beginning of what? There's there's more. You know, there's people before you, people after you, people that you're aligned with, efforts that you're making, and you're thinking that this is an inspiration for what is coming. What are you hoping as we're going in? Because everything has, you know, like they say, you know, everything has its season. Well, it's election season, okay? It's 2024, oh my goodness, season. We'll be fighting in the streets with our children. Insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Tonight, let us make them remember. We are not Fear here on Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network. We're continuing our conversation with our new friends, Church and State. Oh, I wanted to hear about that one. How'd that work? Well, what we have is an associate pastor and worship leader at On Fire Ministries in Spokane, Washington, that I have attended over several years as we visit friends up there in the summers that we go to Spokane to their church. Now, Pastor Gabe is very enthusiastic and a spiritual person, but he has a podcast that he does with his co-host, Caleb Collier. Now, Caleb is a little bit more on the political aspect of life and what we can do to make sure that uh, we don't go down the dark side, where Gabe is more of a spiritual power. So this makes for an interesting conversation, interesting shows, and I wanted to introduce you guys to it because I find it. Then uh, you, you you put that to Trump, and I'm going, man, I hope so, because I, you know, I hope so. And he gets a lot of support from, you know, another friend, you know, Patrick Burns, been on the show quite a bit, and he's enamored with him, and he believes that there's going to be some uh, good stuff done. So there's a lot of, you know, but I really don't count on him. It's not him. It's the, the MAGA thing. 
You know, it's the people. It's your congregation. It's your supporters. It's mine. It's just, it's you know, he's just a side effect. He's just a uh, you know, they may have to. You know, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way, kind of thing. You know. But I think he understands that in the same way that I think Ron Paul understood, you know, he was like, you know, thanks for letting me join your revolution kind of thing, is that he understood what it was really about, is to keep him up there, to keep Trump in the fight, to keep the message there, to provide a platform and a, and a, and a consolidation of all of the efforts. And it's us. It's the people. It's what we choose to buy and not buy. You know, I get... Sick for a week, just kind of, you know, just water, kind of, I just, you know, kind of cleansing. Then, you know, I get a, from the store a whole milk gallon of whatever when I'm not getting the milk of, you know, our friends up in Northport that had like real North Star milk. The good you know, milk, yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. And I get this and I have some, I'm like, God, man, I'm getting sick again. I mean, I just, what the crap are they putting in everything? So I'm more emphasizing, like you guys have on your site, what is it called? Um, um, uh, grid down, chow down. I like that. That's a cool name. You know, mm-hmm. so you're emphasizing a lot of the people that are your sponsors, that you're advertising with, that you're working with, to be a solution and add to nourish our bodies, our minds, or you know, and you know, ammo up or something. I mean, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about that as you're going through this process to justify, you know, uh, what's coming and how you're a solution to it, and the the church and state. The sponsorships that you're doing, you know, the encouragement you have people to change the way they live, what they buy, what they're sharing with their children, what professions they go in, whether they go to university or not, tech school, or not build a freaking house. I mean, something. Go ahead and emphasize on that a little bit, lifestyle, of what you see is coming and you're advocating for. Yeah, so so liberty is going to be the solution here. And so every single one of us, and I brought this up before, but we all have been given talents. Uh, and not everybody's going to be able to do a, a radio show, but you can do something. And, and one of the things that we can do is build an alternative economy. And so our money has to go into people that actually support our biblical beliefs or our, our cause for liberty. Right. And so you've got to stop doing business with these organizations that pour so much money into creating a global state. We don't want that. And so there's all these different options, and we've got a lot of them on our website, churchandstate.media, where you can go and you can do like Grid Down Chow Down, for example. And you can actually have freeze-dried beef because, let's just face it, the globalists hate beef. And as a red-blooded American, I love steak. You can't, you can't pry that from my cold, dead hands. It's not going to happen, okay? And so this having this ability to just go down into your basement, grab some beef, rehydrate it, and boom, you're ready to go. That's a solution. That's a, that's an option for you to to push back against their plans. When I'm talking about talents, and, and I, I know you wanted to talk about this, so I'm going to transition just a little bit here. Please. But but those talents that you have, go find a way. If if you're an educator, go apply to be a teacher in a private school. Take your kids out of the government propaganda institutions. That's that's a solution for you right there. When I got involved in politics. I became a city council member, and I, I was this libertarian with all these lofty ideas. I was going to get in the system, and I was going to change it. And you know what happened to me? I got a slap across the face. Holy cow, here's cold, hard reality. But you know what? I kept fighting. And so two of the things that I did while I was on the city council ensured that I would never retain my seat. Uh, and, right. and sure enough, I did not. Okay, But one of the things that I fought against was a vaccine mandate in the public school system back in 2016. It was for the MMR. 
And I had all these moms that were coming up to me and saying, I, I don't believe in this. And they're saying, I can't have my kid in the school system uh, unless I get this vaccine. And so I fought against that. The other thing that I did that actually made international news, and I didn't expect that at all, was our attorney general at the time started saying, once again, we're going to come and we're going to take away your assault rifles, whatever those are, and high-capacity magazines. All right. And so what I tried to do is I tried to make Spokane Valley a Second Amendment sanctuary city. And I was being tongue-in-cheek because this is right when the sanctuary cities for all the illegal immigrants were emerging. But a Second Amendment sanctuary city where it doesn't matter what the government says, what they do in Spokane Valley, we're going to be a, a state that honors our God-given right, not our constitutional right, our God-given right to self-defense. And, you know, we had all Republicans supposedly on the city council, but two were libertarians, uh, and well, actually there were three libertarian constitutionalists and four your status quo Republicans. And so they didn't vote it in, but uh, it's still on the books and we could still do that. But those are examples that I give where one individual can fight against the system and have dramatic effect. Gabe, uh, yeah. your thoughts? Let me let me tag team. I'm going to uh, hold this sticky note, the thought of the doctrine of lesser magistrates, but I'm going to first talk about back to our, our, our everything that we put on our website, and I know you're the same way, Ernie, it, is things that we would get ourselves. Like Caleb and I, we don't ask from our relatives for Christmas for socks or, or anything like that. We always ask for ammo or like MREs or, or right. anything of a survival nature that's, you know, cool fire starters. So that's, that's how we just think. And we don't live in this mindset of the, the sky is falling. We just know that we live as if today is our last day on the planet. And what's funny is if you live that way, you will eventually be right. Eventually, one day you're going to be right. So you might as well live like every day is your last day. So every single product, including gold and silver, um, one of the coolest things I ever did when I was in my like late 30s, I decided to convert all my uh, Roth IRA into precious metals. So I'm, I'm sitting on a big stack of silver and gold, and I wish a lot of my friends had done it, and they, they think that they can't. But the reality is, is $25 an ounce is dirt cheap to right. where silver is going. It's going to go into the 70s and 80s. So we, we have an outfit called Bre- Beverly Hills Precious Metals. It's not going to go zero, I can tell you that. No. And there's people there who can actually walk you through, physically talk with you on the phone on how to convert your, your IRAs into actual precious metals, not stupid derivative piece of paper that's going to do you Thank nothing. You. It's gonna, you're just going to burn Thank it. You can, I'm sorry, you can just piss on it. It's, there's, you're not going to be doing anything with a piece of paper. So to, to those of you, diversify, buy precious metal. If I was a millionaire right now, I'd be buying land like it's going out of business. But anyway, that's just our heart on all of our products. Whether people wake up and decide to be the head and not the tail, whether they decide to be like Joseph and go ahead and get get like like actual wheat. Like I Caleb and I have actual barrels of wheat like sitting on them. Okay. If you don't want to do that, then I guess you're going to be servant to the lender or a breadline someday. So I'm going to jump over to this interposition, the concept of interposition. Are you familiar, uh, Ernest, with the, 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 the closest person to our defense is not Donald Trump. I, it's our sheriff, our local magistrate. Yeah. The irony. Well, we've worked with uh, Sheriff Mack since the 90s and yes. you know, going through all sorts. God, I would love to have him as a sheriff. Sheriff Mack and I are, are good friends, and we've worked together a lot on this and this concept. The, the thing that was uh, more important than the concept was the sharing and the understanding of so many people of the concept that the highest-ranking law enforcement official in 
your area, your jurisdiction is the county sheriff, which was an emphasis on them defending the rights of the people. And if it wasn't for these elected sheriffs, then the county board of health of I got a shiny badge and a clipboard and telling you what you can and can't do. And a lot of South, especially in the Southwest, well, a lot of other places, too, you have sheriffs like. I'm not enforcing that gun ban. I'm not enforcing you can't open your restaurant, the gym, the this, the that. Because why? Because they were the highest ranking law enforcement in the jurisdiction of the people that elected them. So now, of course, the bad guys want to take that over and they want to change it. They want it, they want it, they want it. But that's how it is now. And this concept that people are emphasizing that and electing sheriffs that understand this and are willing to do their job as sheriffs has messed up a lot, thwarted a lot of efforts. And I remember the first one that came to my attention, I think it was called Canton County in New Mexico. There was a, it was a county that had original land grant from the King of Spain to them, you know, whatever, it goes back to families of, you know, we're not with you, you know. Um, and they really took seriously the county sheriff to protect their property rights against uh, out-of-control liberal state, yada, yada, yada. So this is the 90s, and I go, ooh, that's a concept, and that kind of born from that, that I've been around a long time and how this progresses. The biggest thing is in the minds of the people. When you guys emphasize this, explain it, understand it, and educate the people on why the system was set up the way it was, and that, you know, why they did that. What was it? The 17th Amendment, when they did popularly elected U.S. senators as opposed to them being appointed by, you know, the states to represent the state's interest. instead Effectively of establishing a democracy at that point. Yeah, so this this is... This, if you've been around long enough, you can see that this battle has been for a long time, which is why that we emphasize, you know, the open source education. These, I, these concepts are in documentaries that James has done in different categories that we have to make sure that people understand that they, them, those, the bad guys have been coming after us since forever for exactly these reasons that you guys are emphasizing, which means you're going to be attacked, which means they're going to shut down your lines of communication, which means you're going to have problems with your fundraising, which means, which means, which means. So, you know, how are you thwarting that? Do you care? What uh, changes have you made or altered? Have you, you got off track so much that your efforts don't matter anymore? Are you going head up against these guys? Because, of course, you already have experience with them coming after you. On my you know, uh, activism has been to make sure that the communication mechanisms that we're using, they can't stop it. If if I'm not going down that road, I'm wasting my time. And Ernie, you could be a lot more if you did and know more and you should. And you kind of, I'm going, yeah, is it decentralized? You know, is it? They go, oh, you got to have privacy. I go, if I can see it on my screen, they can see it. I, FYI, okay? And then my thing is public see. What's about publicsy? I'm more worried about publicsy. Everybody's so worried right. about privacy. I'm worried about publicsy. Ones and zeros somewhere you can see it, and it's always there for the people that want it and need it, and amen. You know? So this is, I, I, I understand your passion and the battle for this, but I want to kind of get an idea of who you're aligning with. These different networks, these different groups, this different, you know, there's a lot of other methods for being able to disseminate this information and being a touchstone for what it is, the message you want to get out. But how do you do your criteria of who you're aligning with and when will they 
you know, get to a point to where, yeah, it's a little bit too Republican. You know, you're becoming a Republican lapdog now. I mean, you know, now it's coming. You know, help me out with a criteria that you're limited on who you'll work with. Yeah, so we will never, ever work with somebody that tells us that we have to censure ourselves. Uh, that is not something that we have even the the capability of doing. We're never going to be shut up. And so we have aligned ourselves with individuals like Clay Clark, who we work with um, every week, actually. Uh, if you're familiar with the Reawaken America Tour, yeah. we've been speakers at this. And, and those type of events are, are, are foundational to our freedom in that when you go to a, a city or a town and you have an event like that, that's pretty hard to shut down. It's pretty hard to to limit the the free speech on that one. Now we also align ourselves with groups like the American Christian Network, where it's a it's a smaller regional radio show where you don't have to work with these giants. Who, yeah, you can talk about freedom, you can talk about this, you can talk about that. But oh wait, wait, no, you can't talk about vaccines. We don't allow that on our station. Well, if that's the case, then we'd rather not even be on your station. Amen. So we align ourselves with a little bit more of the, the local branches that are able to actually just say, hey, it's free speech. You can say whatever you want. And if you if you anger too many people, uh, maybe your show won't be on the air anymore. Uh, so we're cognizant of that. But, uh, but you know, the, the message of liberty resonates. It, it doesn't typically offend unless you're a communist or a Satanist. So if, if you're one of them, you're probably not listening to us anyway. Um, and then as far as free speech platforms... You know, we got kicked off of uh, YouTube because uh, we wouldn't shut up about election integrity and about uh, mandatory vaccines. Uh, but there are some. Are they the best? That remains to be determined. But we are on Rumble. We are on, you know, uh, what was Twitter, now X. Um, and, and so far, we do have uh, the ability to continue to have these types of discussions Um where, you, you know, when you're going on the traditional ones, Facebook, YouTube, you, you can't necessarily discuss those kind of things. And so and that's one of the reasons why Next. we want to partner with you is that decentralized system that you're establishing that you're you're actually launching uh, very soon here. We want to be a part of that because we do have uh, the ability, the voice here. God has given us church and state. It's his endeavor. But we want to be bringing this message to more people because this this message needs to get out there. You know, I want to I want to share on uh, I haven't shared with the audience yet. This has just been, you know, developing over the last few months. And um just so you kind of get in I, the audience gets an idea of what I'm talking about. Since we have been really pushing the decentralized, you know, whatever, we get a lot of attention. You know, they'll come to me, oh, have us on your show. Let's talk about this. We're the ones that's going to do that. And we have the platform for whatever. And a lot of it's protocols, you know, it's just methods by which you, you know, note information. It can't be deleted, that kind of thing. Well, what happened was there is an FCC license for 100 watt uh, FM radio stations, which is over a thousand of them. Now, probably a lot of them are either left leaning, probably a lot of Christian. I'll bet you that there's a lot of religious uh, uh, shows, but they're kind of like radio public access. You know, it's uh, uh, you can't, you know sell widgets on it or something like that probably sponsors you can do but so they they came to us and we were talking about this because genesis is one of the networks that we're on well they went to them and they said yep we're gonna like you know uh, raise your satellite time a gazillion dollars of whatever and do you well of course they've been working on distribution of the network on online using the internet so that is a uh, mechanism by which I, I don't know why it hadn't been done already anyway. So this is, they go, nah, we're good. We're going to go ahead and go with this other uh, method of communication. 
Well, that also makes it available when you do digitally to have it picked up by anyone that can take the feed, which we've done with other networks that we work with. We have the digital feed that goes up. They share with it because that was my thing. When you guys are doing a lot of your load up of your uh, videos and so on, if you don't have the greatest connection, especially when you're going around on a bus, we got Starlink now, so it makes it a lot easier. But, you know, it's spinning wheel on BitChute, spinning wheel on YouTube, spinning wheel right. on a spinning wheel. And then my wife wants to divorce me. I'm, I'm not rebooting and redoing spinning wheels for the rest of my life, okay? <laughs> so I know your board got you doing these. Oh, heck no. So my thing was, look, I, it's ones and zeros. I want to put it up to one place, and then they take that and go, and there's services that do that are part of the Liberty community I want to introduce you guys to so that you can have one place to put it up, it's forever and always and be ha- accessed through a hash for that. And then you can have it automatic with scripts, just distribute to all these other platforms. Boom, you load one time, you're done. I, would you like that? Yes, you would. Of course you would. So this is um, what we've been working for. Well, what happens with that capability, that means they can pull it for putting on a network. Well, the network with the Internet to go to these um, thousand plus whatever local community FM. And the reason the FM was important to me, because I understood being in radio, that not everybody has a ham radio. And I remember, you know, back in the day with Jack McClam and Bo Greitz and a lot of the Patriot guys and everything in the in the 90s sharing a lot of this information that if you didn't get it on there, you didn't know. I mean, a lot of this stuff now, we conspiracy be true, you know, it started with people understanding this back then, like with the sheriff thing. So, now, more people have access to FM band. Anybody can turn it on. But the biggest thing is, it's not traceable. It's not trackable. It's not somebody opened it up on their phone of kind of we know who knows. So no this, IP. Right, no IP. Now, you can have, there are mechanisms that you can use apps on phone that, you know, APIs that are separate from and another grid of you know, all the geek stuff about decentralization. But this has been our goal. And it's built up to now. So when I knew that you guys were available to interview, and I wanted to, if I'm going, there's an entire freaking universe out there of signal and people willing to get it. We started doing with satellite back in the day that, heck, we got audience in North Africa because it happens to go with that latitude, you know. So this is something that I, I, I wanted to share with you guys. I wanted to make sure you knew I'm in and that I see these points of light are not just any one local area. They're accumulative. They're aggregative. It, 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 it builds, it builds, it builds. So I am much more encouraged by someone like you in your region, your area, to have an impact of the redoubt there. Because, like, you, you know, Skousen, we've had him on several times, and he's also about, you know, in the Appalachian, Tennessee somewhere, and up by Sedona here in Arizona. He's got a bunch of places that he you know, categorizes uh, a good place to be for whatever. But I tell you where the good place to be is where your freaking family is. That's where it is. You and know? That. And, you ma- and you make it happen. So, I'm in the desert here because I got 12 grandkids. This is the way it is, you know? So Yeah, you got the mobile unit, which I wanted to say I commend you for life on the on the road. There's a quote in uh it's a kind of a it's a just a gory movie, but it's it's World War Z. And Brad Pitt, right. he 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 basically says to this guy in Spanish, uh liberty or or life, life is mobility. If you're moving, if you're on the ability to move and and not be, you know, cornered, you can live. And, and ironically, 
I have the exact opposite ministry. God has told me that I'm supposed to be planted like a tree near a water source. And even when when droughts come, I'm supposed to stay here. And I'm basically, I look at myself as a stick, a giant stick in the wheel of Jay Inslee, our demonic governor in the state of Washington. And then one of his henchmen, uh, he's the secretary of state. Attorney General, Bob Ferguson. Bob Ferguson. We call him Sideshow Bob. He's absolutely hideous. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, You are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. There are those that just want to be left alone. And those that just won't leave them alone. Which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what readers of freemansphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freemansphoenix.com are constantly provided the information that detail the real news between the lines of propaganda about government policies and the true relationship we all have with coercive governments. Learn the true condition of our economy, innovations and technological breakthroughs in energy, health, computer science, and space travel. Learn the truth well before it's admitted to in the lamestream media, the media that is so last century. Corporate media has evolved into nothing more than distributors of government propaganda. But we now have a fantastic alternative. FreedomsPhoenix.com provides constant news updates on the issues that affect our lives in the most important ways. Our liberty and our property are under constant attack. And FreedomsPhoenix.com provides an understanding behind the propaganda while encouraging the participation of our readers. Join us at FreedomsPhoenix.com. That's Freedoms with an S, Phoenix.com. FreedomsPhoenix.com, where the revolution between the ears is already matured. Welcome back. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network. We're finishing our conversation in this segment on the podcast Church and State, which is an interesting uh, title. But, you know, we, we need to discuss how it is that we integrate faith, morality, good versus evil, the age-old battles with state action. And should you, can you? This is something that I, I think should be discussed more. But um, if you take uh, morality and our origination of that and our understanding of it as part of our culture and the beginning of our country and why it was the state was crafted the way it was, you, you lose a lot of understanding and context of why this country was so prosperous has been and will continue to be if we adhere to the founding principles of the purpose of government to defend the God-given rights of every individual. 
It's not a caste system. It's not something that's to be taken lightly that this country was experienced in real time of the abuses of centralized power. And this is becoming so well-known worldwide. There's a challenge to the New World Order. When we had Javier Millet be elected to president of Argentina, it was interesting that we were covering it a great deal, not for how popular he was or about the polls or any of that. that. That wasn't the point. The point to me was that he was extremely clear what it was that he was advocating and why. And it became popular. You need a bombastic in your face calling them what they are, cussing at the elite scumbag, you know, whatever, you know, making it clear what he was in opposition to and clear what we he was in support of. How it is that he got invited to go and speak at the World Economic Forum, I have no freaking idea. And the president of the Heritage Foundation got to be on a panel also and got to give him what fur. So this is, we're at a a change in the political and the spiritual and the emotional climate of humanity, certainly in the Western world, certainly in the English speaking, certainly out of Europe and we kind of lead the way in thought processes for peoples all over the world. This has been, and you know, it's due a lot to English being a primary language in a lot of places due to the uh, British Empire. You have uh, English is a primary language in a lot of countries around the world. You know, India is 1.5 billion people, and they speak English. They have a lot of uh, jobs that they either come here or they perform online for English-speaking countries, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Canada. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how this influence of uh, our founders and people that influenced them, like John Locke and Adam Smith and so on, that has been so permeated throughout cultures around the world. For Javier Millet to come out and espouse libertarian principles and articulate it clearly, as many of us libertarian activists have done for decades, and on such a large scale with the the spreading of the message all over the world that at least understands it or somebody knows a libertarian. There's always that one guy, that one group, that one club, that one something that has been around espousing these ideals for a long time. So they're given a little bit more credibility. They go, they talk to them. In this country, in the United States of America, it has been a, a really great effort trying to have people of faith, Christians, Jews, Mormons, Muslims, whatever, any Christian faith to be opposed to the libertarian concept of you being um, a secular state that no matter what your creed, no matter what your orientation, no matter what your ethnicity, no matter what, you are to be treated as an individual, that we are a meritocracy to espouse that from a Christian perspective, and to talk about church and state, I think is a worthy discussion. Now, the guests that we uh, had on this evening were presented to you, Gabe Blomgren and Caleb Collier. 
the podcast co-host of Church and State. I like them. And I think you you like them too. And this is something that you might you might want to you know pick up on this as an understanding, even as an atheist. If you're an atheist, you know, or another, that's not really even the point, is that we have a standard. We answer to the highest authority that's not some king. It's not a president. It's not somebody the majority voted for. It's not, that's not the point. The point is there's good and there's bad. How do you define that? What side do you pick and why? We'll continue the conversation with Gabe and Caleb, and then in the last hour, I'm going to try and edit a couple of shows that I did, get you a little taste of some other people I think that you'll find interesting also. But we'll finish up with Gabe and Caleb in this segment. Enjoy. You know, so yeah, you got the mobile unit, which I wanted to say I commend you for life on the, on the road. There's a quote, and uh, it's a kind of a it's a just a gory movie but it's it's world war z and brad pitt he 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 basically says to this guy in spanish uh liberty or or life life is mobility if you're moving if you're on the ability to move and and not be you know cornered you can live and and ironically i have the exact opposite ministry god has told me that i'm supposed to be planted like a tree near a water source and even when when droughts come, I'm supposed to stay here. And I'm basically, I look at myself as a stick, a giant stick in the wheel of Jay Inslee, our demonic governor in the state of Washington. And then one of his henchmen, uh, he's the secretary of state. Attorney General, Bob Ferguson. Bob Ferguson. We call him Sideshow Bob. He's absolutely hideous. <laughs> My job is to stay in this blue state that I, I desperately, Ernie, I want to leave and go to Idaho like yesterday. But I'm trying to to say to people, yes, equip yourselves, and I commend you. Like you, you remind me of this 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 capability. You remember the Silas Duguid letters during you know the Revolutionary War? There has to be a way to disseminate information, and it has to be reliable, it has to be godly, and it has to be absolutely counter to what the enemy is putting out. So we fully come beside you, and, and w- like we said, we are connected on the American Christian Network. But yeah. The, the, the gates are getting smaller. We got kicked off of YouTube. Yes, we have Rumble. If any, if anywhere you, you know, like whether it's Rumble or Facebook, if you just type in Church and State 1776, you'll always be able to find us. And if if you go to any platform such as Spotify, um, any 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 streaming capability as far as podcasting, you're going to find us. We don't know if that window is always going to be there. It's the same as yourself, though, Ernie. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not confident that it is because we. After the Levolution, we were, man, we were traffic, getting a lot of traffic. We were kicking butt, which uh, means uh, the Levolutionary guys must be targeted. <laughs> you know, so we could see the censorship coming in 09. And I'm going, yeah, we're done. You know, I'm not, I'm, no. You get this strike, that strike. Hell, the first strike I got was just like last year from something that was five years old. I, I'm like, really? Yeah. You know, that they kind of crap. They will find stuff that's old. It's so weird. this is, if we got off of, I mean, once it started, I could see that, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, we're built. No, you're not. You know, it's just a late, all that effort is when people need it, want it. They're going to church and state for that one show and it's gone. So we wanted to make sure permanency was there. Now I showed the, uh, the love bus here on the, you know, you can see that's the love bus that he's talking about. But 
that was a temporary thing. I mean, it was a few years. We were going to stop it last August, but we got back to Arizona. All of a sudden, oh, my goodness, the freaking, you know, uh, cost of land and everything was so much. But I go, yeah, I can wait it out. I got a bus, you know. So we're yeah. back in Arizona. Arizona is the stand. You know, here it goes. We're in the process of land it's and everything It's negative nine now. degrees here in Spokane, so I'm jealous. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, you know, the summer. And my wife likes it hot. She's from Pennsylvania. She likes it hot. But this is also uh, what we're, this is what we're building. You know, this is, you know, now we did prototypes up at our friends in Northport. You know, up there, one of the, just to see if we could even do it. I just did one of the small domes just to, you know, kind of get the building technique down in the practice and make sure I was, you know, not too old and I can do it. But the, uh, so this is what. We're planning, you know, a lot of outbuildings and so on. But it's not just that. It's occupy the land with attainable housing as a concept. Get out of the cities. Do the kind of things that you're talking about. Feed your soul. Feed your body with healthy food. Make sure you got good water. I mean, it's just this fundamental grandma said stuff. So this is... You know, we're we're off the road now. I'm I'm... I mean, we're here as we're building, but... I'm still way more involved in helping guys like you, you know, and making sure that we, you know, keep the people informed with all the stuff that we do. But, you know, it is so important to me to make sure that people understand what the battle is. And you guys coming out with church and state, I wanted the the audience to know that you even exist. And that we maintain your existence and what you represent as existence. You know, someone that you guys got day jobs. You know, hopefully that'll change. You can get to spend more time on this. But you have uh, being the pastor, assistant pastor in a church. And then, you know, uh, a Marine, never ex. You know, been a politician going through influenced by the evolution of rock and roll and whatnot and involved in politics, I do many shows that, you know, I, I come up against other people, politics, this, and we're going to have to that and whatever. And I'm, I, I'm not averse to being involved in politics, but more as a weapon that I can use. It's a, another soapbox. It's another example. It is a, a mechanism by which we can educate people. And a lot of the uh, Liberty community are about really, even though many of them may not be uh, religious, they are heavily on Generation Next. There's always a Generation Next. They're children. They got things called like man camp. You know, you know. They go, well, what about the women? Yeah, you know, a woman's just a man with a womb. It's all good. They can get in the forge too. You know. So this is the mindset is totally different. That's coming, and I've seen over the decades since I've been an activist since the late '80s when I was in my twenties. And building up to where it was so obvious to me what was going to happen. Well, it's happening now. This is it. Choose a freaking side. Get off your butt. So I am, what can people do the most to have, of course, write you a check. But, you know, it's, what is the, the advice or the request you would make of your supporters and foot soldiers that you are representing a couple of guys that got off their butt has the confidence to do this, wants to have a positive impact on your community and your family there, and you need help that can help them. Just as an example, just as an inspiration, just as something to point to and say they're doing it. You know, go ahead and give it your best shot, your elevator speech of inspiration for Generation Next to follow church and state and go, whip up. 
Yeah, you want to start first? I'll finish. Yeah, here, here's the reality is in this season, the, both him and I have financially, we have, we have poured everything we can into the future of this. And we realized that probably our, the biggest community, like I'm, we're going to uh, Detroit in June to speak at the Reawaken America tour in Detroit. It's called the Showdown and Motown. Um, we're working closely with Clay Clark and a lot of other conservative patriot Christians. Um, and we're finding that these events, these Reawaken America tours are actually turning into um, something similar to the, the Ron Paul revolution. But, you know, originally Clay Clark thought that they would be shouting Donald Trump from the ceiling. But what's happening is they're shout- shouting Jesus from the ceiling. Um, I'm going to be doing worship in Detroit. Uh, Caleb is going to be speaking there. And what I want to say to you is be on the move because right now god is doing something and and there's a lot of you you've said a couple of different times that some of these patriots aren't really they don't think of themselves as religious but i actually i do because here's why peter james john some of these guys were some of the most gnarly fishermen they stunk like fish they they were like not the typical godly pharisee and, and frankly god doesn't want that he can't use that he can't use the baptist dude with the you know the the khaki pants and the the button up with the t- the tie who thinks he's perfect god can't really use that what he can use is somebody with maybe a little bit of a rustic side you know a little little bit got an edge to him those type of people we want to bring in and show you that god is doing something and you're a part of it i want them to come and listen to our show and cuz we talk about jesus christ constantly and i need them to know that they have permission to be accepted by jesus christ and to bring and re- refertilize that because i think a lot of people actually heard it from their grandmas and grandpas but they kind of just let that that seed die the other thing is too i know this is that the community of 50 and 60 year olds have the most to lose but they also have the biggest disposable income right now the 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 Boomer generation, which is my father, his father, they're moving into a season of like downsizing, solidifying, and you're, they're looking for ways to help the future generation. If they want to help us, they can go to churchandstate.media. They can donate. They can actually sponsor some of our sponsors. You can buy a pillow from Mike Lindell, or you can just freaking write us a check because at this point, we're, we're subsidizing our own radio. We're paying a good amount of the bill ourselves. Our, our wives are both nurses and they make good money. And I'm a pastor, and you're 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 an executive for Turning Point. But I'm telling you what, it costs a lot to keep the lights on and run run this. As you know, Ernie, it's, <laughs> it's not a free game. And we we and here's the other thing: if you want to come visit us, please contact us or talk to us. Um, you can contact. Us, uh, uh, we have a Proton Mail account, which is Church and State 1776 at Proton Me. Hey, you got it. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, and, and I would just reiterate that. Churchandstate.media, that is our website. You've got it up right there. Uh, you can donate to us, or you can buy one of the multiple fine products that we have as affiliates. Uh, listen to our show. Share it with as many people as you can. We've got a lot of really interesting guests that come on this show, uh, from Eric Trump, uh, you know, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, General Flynn, uh, a lot of really great people that are coming on the show and the subject matter that we approach, uh, I've never seen a show, uh, and, and I've looked, uh, now I might have missed a few, but I've never seen a show that has a politician and a pastor that are talking about, uh, I mean, you name it, we'll discuss it. No, I find uh, it we, interesting. We, Good combo. Yeah, we, we have a, uh, you know, we, we say the, we're the most schizophrenic show you'll listen to on a daily basis because we, we could go from one episode to just talking about our faith to politics, uh, out there to the Nephilim and aliens. UAPs, like you, you never know what you're going to get on our show. And, and we bring a lot of humor into it as well. So it's an entertaining show, but it's one that will definitely get you off your butts. 
You know, I, I'm, that's why I wanted you to take the time to explain church and state. Because it's, um, you know, it, I, man, I don't need the church and the state and, you know, that. No, that's not, but that's not the point that you guys are making. And I'm, I, there's certainly an influence on individuals in the church and individuals in the state. To think that God should be out of individuals as they perform their jobs is just stinking thinking right there. But I don't need an official, you know, I, I, I vote not, which is one of the reasons why the First Amendment was the way it was. So it's, uh, it wasn't an elimination of God, you know, from government. That, 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 it's only a moral, just people can even maintain its existence. So I'm, I'm, I'm with that. The, um, and I'm really glad that you guys are there as an example for this. This is something I, I was looking forward to talking to you. And there's other things. You're, we're going to end the show here in a little bit. But I want you to hold on for a little bit. There's some, you know, uh, you know, some tools I think we might be able to help you with. But I wanted to make sure that the audience got introduced to you guys. Because I know I have a lot of believers, a lot of people of faith that are looking for exactly this. Where they can put their emphasis on the power of God. And His Son, our Savior, for so many things we're not worthy <laughs> we have proven ourselves not to be worthy you know it's by grace and the grace be a coming the divine presence is going to make itself known so this is what i predict for 2024 and what was changed in just the last week that i'm going wow they're really bad which did what it prompted the creation and the manifestation of people like you and I really appreciate you're an inspiration to me, and I want to help. So we're going to, any final words you want to give the people? Yeah, I just, this is this is so, just an honor. You and your wife are, you know, honestly, you've been at this, and your endeavor is, is something that the, the baton of the generation needs to take. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What, what, what I see is the Abraham generation has been toiling the soil for years and years and years, and people like you who I look up to, and we want to be a part of that next generation to take it. And we also look at our progeny who is now, you know, they're caught in the Bermuda Triangle of Snapchat, Instagram, all these other forms of social media. We got to reach them too. We have to, we have to have a plan for them as well. We can't count them out as lost. You know, we're, we're partnering with, on our on our facebook and and we just interviewed a young man who's a rapper he's a christian rapper and there's young teenagers who are they're patriots we're finding that gen z actually gives a damn i just i gotta say it because because the the media is going to try to portray like these are a bunch of dummies and yes the the indoctrination education system has has left a lot of these in, in a leper colony so to speak mentally but we have to be a generation that comes together and we just thank you for your leadership and and just your passion we we want to come side by side with you and and continue to take the sickle to the harvest fields because god said there's plenty of harvest just not enough laborers so we we encourage you and say thank you for what you're doing and we want to come alongside you yeah and, and i would just add uh this as well um you know the the bible is where we really get our standard our moral standard and as you pointed out, you didn't say it specifically, but there's nothing new under the sun. So every every evil, every tyrannical action that we see that's coming out in, in you know recent years in 2024 as well, it, it's not new. Now on the other side, on the side of good, none of this is new either. Um, you know, the idea for representative government came directly from the Bible. The second book of the Bible, Exodus 18, you see a representative government established. It's 
was good enough for God's chosen people. It's good enough for us. Now, look, you may have, uh, you know, and I'm, t- I'm speaking generally to your audience. There may be some issues with this Constitution, but this Constitution, I guarantee you, if we actually operated by what's in this small, small little book, we'd be a whole lot better than what we currently see. And all so right. this, this Constitution is, is written for all and defended by few. So let's be those happy few. I'm with you, brother. You know, I I I, I want to help you guys. Hold on, because I, yeah, there's there's going to be there's it's a it's a there's a great calling coming, <laughs> you know, and uh, and you guys represent the the good that we can see manifesting on the horizon. And I always say a lot of people didn't understand what I meant over the years, decades. I would say I go, it won't happen all at once, but it will happen overnight. And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? You know, I was just like, no, I mean, you'll see it on the horizon. You'll see the dawn starting to break. You'll see, and then all of a sudden, bing, there's the sun, you know. It's Monday, you know. So this is what I see. It's not going to happen all at once. We've been seeing this coming, but it will happen overnight. And overnight be one day closer. I guarantee that, okay? Mm -hmm. So we need to be ready. And I'm glad you guys there standing ready. Amen. Church and State. This is churchandandstate.media. Churchandstate.media. Go check them out. The beginning is nigh. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. Peace, brothers. Hold on a second. From Philadelphia, we expect a declaration of independence. Our rights are being threatened by a tyrant 3,000 miles away. Would you tell me, please, Mr. Howard, why should I trade? One tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away. (laughs) An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. Mark my words. This war will be fought not on the frontier or on some distant battlefield, but amongst us, among our homes. Our children will learn of it with their own eyes. And the innocent will die with the rest of us. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Hancock from Phoenix, Arizona, well, west of Phoenix, but we get, um, even west out in the desert, we get our share of atmospheric uh, manipulation of uh, um, uh, chemtrails. And this is, 
we're going to talk about some things. I, I'm, I, there's a lot of things we need to discuss with James Lee. Now, James Lee has Climate Viewer News. You go climateviewer.com, and he's got climateviewer.org, and one is amazing maps. I mean, it's just live earth monitoring, educational maps on telemetry from satellites and stuff. And we we first hooked up with um, with James years ago. He spoke at a what the earth are they what on earth are they spraying thing at a Geoberg Griffin event here in Phoenix and had him come on yak it and so on. And then we uh, had him on our you know semi regular basis over the years. And things are getting funky, 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 funky. We want to, you know, introduce you to him and say hello. First, say hello, James. Hello, James. There you go. You got it because they always got it. All right. James Franklin Lee Jr., Jim Lee, uh, helps people understand complex ideas by creating maps, timelines, articles, and lectures. He's going to talk about pollution, privacy, propaganda, you know, on the things that affect us here on the planet. And I wanted to talk about um, the creation of the site and the data that you use and how you got that. Now, I, I think I, you know, I can give from memory, but I'd rather you go ahead and do it, would you, James? Sure. Um, I've spent the past, you know, better part of 15 years plus studying these topics from a macro level. And what I find unique about my work is that I try to give everybody this exact same source material that I use to create, you know, my opinions, my beliefs. Um, Cause you know what? I'm not too proud to admit that I could be wrong. So I, I, I generally, you know, on my YouTube channel at climate viewer on YouTube, I tell everybody almost every single video if you if you see something wrong with what I'm saying, please let me know. Um, luckily, that hasn't happened too often. Um, but as far as being able to search the internet and wade through the the countless rabbit holes to nowhere, and understanding the slave speak and manipulation and propaganda techniques, not only employed by the usual suspects like the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the trilateral Bilderberger technocrats, um, but even the activists, because there are a lot of activists out there that aren't actually activists. They are infotainers. Um, so I, I try to just, you know, distinguish between what I consider to be the infotainers and actual activism and give you the tools to do it yourself. I don't, I can't be everywhere at once. So when I'm talking about whether it's geoengineering or weather modification, space weather modification, like harp and sounding rockets, um, electromagnetic pollution, you know, whatever topic I'm talking about, I want to give everybody all of the source material that I use. Um, the same is true for my mapping website on climateviewer.org. Um, all of the maps that are there, are you know that I created are available in a Google Earth format, so you're able to download that map yourself, remix it, have fun with it, all that sort of thing. Um, and in in each map are you know the reference material for where I got it from. Um, I think that this is the best approach for 
educating people, like, you know, making it to where people can educate themselves. Like, I don't like have to hold your hand and go through it. Um, Climbingbeer.com has four main, you know, frequently asked questions pages just devoted to weather control. I have a geoengineering page, a weather modification page. When you click on sitemap at the top on that little hamburger, um, you'll see that it's broken down by category and it explains, um, you know, each of those categories, like right there under site map. Um, I don't know why it's the font must be missing on your, uh, your, well, monitor. cause I got Scroll it, I got it, bit. I got it minimized. So it's, uh, the fit. So it's okay. getting funky. Yeah. So anyway, so it's, it's, it's like, you know, all of the different categories of stuff and then the pollution, the privacy and propaganda. Um, so that you can start there, um, like just to give an example, click on our geoengineering, the very top one right there. And when you scroll to this page and you scroll down just a little bit, um, at the very top of the page, uh, scroll down a little bit more, you'll see two videos. Those PowerPoint presentations you just passed. Um, each of these pages, if you scroll just a little bit more. Up. Yep, right there. There should be two videos These? pop up, but no, they're they're at the top of the page. They're right there above. Right there, where it says presentations. I don't know why they're not loading for you unless you have JavaScript disabled. Well, um, it's because I I got it minimum. I could maximize it, and then uh, let's try this so that yeah, it should it should show up anyway. I mean, well, it doesn't matter. Go ahead, go ahead. It doesn't matter. So there's PowerPoint presentations for you to, for like the uninitiated can jump in and, um, you know, download them in either PowerPoint or PDF format. And this is actually where we met right there at the global warming and inconvenient lie in Phoenix, Arizona in 2016. Um, and that's when I gave the, the presentation on stage with Ed Griffin. Um, so, you know, I, I, keep, I, I have these frequently asked question pages to, to give the uninitiated the macro view. You know, like a, if you don't know anything about this topic, start here. Just like with this, here's the PDF with slide notes. You know, you can download the PowerPoint presentation or just click next right on it. Um, you know, that's the presentation I gave. And here's the original documents so that other people can use this as learning material or have a you know party with other nerds and sit around and show it to them um, you know this is one I thing that, I, I wanted to so people understand what really got me uh interested in your work was I'm, I'm trying to go from memory i'm i'm thinking you're the guy that started working on the forums with when they created google earth in the beginning wasn't that you yeah yeah, okay, this is this is interesting. Let's have this conversation real quick so people understand. <clears throat> what James had done is, as you get into this, you start to go, well, this all this telemetry and data and satellites, we paid for it. That's ours, you know? How come yeah. I don't got that? What, what up with that? Then there was an effort. I remember your the technology was just getting to the point that a bunch of your subscribers and supporters and friends and people that are also interested in this kind of stuff and hadn't put the time to create the web pages and so on, had the ability to be a weather station on their house. You know, you just put it up there and you get all this real data from all over the place and not this, we put it on the hot tarmac, 
next to the, you know, HVAC unit in the back of the, you know, whatever the hell, you know, all this crap that they're manipulating and doing now. So you're getting all this data, but there was, when Google Earth first started, at the beginning, they had forums that people would go on. Oh, we can put a layer, layer of this thing, a layer of that. We could put where all the cell towers are. We could put where all the harp you know, facilities are. We can put where, 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 where. And they're like, whoa, 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 time out. You know, you guys, you're, you're yeah. they're penetrating down, the bureaucracy, <laughs> you know. They're they're getting too much data. They're learnifying themselves. They're so freaking not allowed. So eventually, Google just stopped those, foreign, those forums and participation with this and using that and adding layers and so on. So you took it upon yourself to start you know, accumulating this data other ways, you know, having a central command for this kind of stuff. Because I don't know if chemtrails or whatever was your focus, but, you know, you start seeing things. And I just want to start the conversation with this observation. Donna and I um, uh, make our own bread and so on. She's over there making it and does whatever. We'll put out the sun oven. So and then we have solar. We use a lot of solar and so on. We put out the sun. I remember years ago, it would be February. I mean, it's freaking cold, and you get 400, 450 degrees in your sun oven. So I'm like, boom, it'd bake a loaf of bread in 50 minutes in the winter in Phoenix. Well, now we put out, and it's the morning. You were starting to preheat it. It's rocking and rolling, whatnot. It's getting up to 400 degrees. And then all of a sudden, you know, the con trail, cam trail, whatever trail, and then they turn into a haze, and this is like a regular thing here in the Valley. Now, it wasn't so much during the Trump administration. During the Trump administration, two things I noticed. One, there was a lot more Christmas tree lights, <laughs> and the other thing is that there was a lot less overcasting because <laughs> I paid attention because I would I like to go golfing. Well, I have to use orange balls, you know, or or lime green ones or bright ones or something like that. And it's not that my eyes are bad. It's that when the white ball would go up above the horizon, you drive and it'd go up. It was the same color of the haze in the sky. Instead of it being a bright blue, instead of because it's always clear in Phoenix. I mean, oh, my God, I got a cloud. But the uh, it goes and you would lose the ball. And I'm like. This haze sucks. So that was my opening with whoever I was golfing with. Ah, camp trail, some bitches freaking made me lose my ball. So this is how just little anecdotal evidence like that <laughs> you start noticing. Okay. Well, then when we did, we uh, it was sunny. It's up, and then that cloud thing it started going out, and and the temperature dropped like. God, 80, 100 degrees, so it took an hour and a half to cook a 50-minute normally piece of bread. So I kind of noticed that. Then we have, it's been, we used to get a lot more solar with the amount of panels that we have, you know, to power. And I'm going, is that a thing? Are they looking to reduce? You know, is it an energy thing? Is it they, them, those thing? Is there something to reduce? Because here in Phoenix area, in the West Valley Desert out here, it is oceans of solar panels. And there's like two or three times what they got a coming within months. I mean, it's amazing. They're just leveling out the desert and put up as how many solar panels they can do. So I'm just, you know, is there a... A, a battle to reduce that or could there be or so so it's not that there is or a conspiracy they wouldn't do that that'd be wrong you know <laughs> but you know my thing is is that by reducing the solar radiation that's hitting the earth you have a lot of impact on plants growing 
um, uh, health, the you know solar generation, solar ovens cooking my bread. I mean, I'm wondering what other thing. Why are they? They want to? Oh, we got you're a conspiracy nut from the time that we had you on earlier. To where now it's like, well, of course we're geoengineering because we love you. I mean, you know, they admit it now. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's not a bug, it's a feature. I mean, you know, it's just, it's becoming so common now. So I'm just wondering what stage are we at now once you started doing all this and working with people and accumulating this data and, you know, building your web pages and doing these presentations? At what stage are we now? Are they. They create it. They're open about it. It's coming. We get another Democratic administration, and oh, my God, they're just going to put an umbrella over the country. I mean, what what is happening? Well, you can uh, look at the climate clocks that have been turned on. And um, basically, they've set the countdown timer to about six years which conveniently means the climate clocks will run out in 2029. And I think we both know why that is because agenda 2030. So it's convenient that the climate clocks that are currently, you know, being displayed in all these major cities that are counting down to 2029 will run out and their, their basis, their, thesis is if we don't act on climate change before this point there's no turning back well what's the what's the obvious solution to you guys didn't do what we told you to legalize geoengineering so it seems like we're really coming up fast on this point where there will be no more semantics there will be no more hidden agendas we're just going to say, hey, look, the United States and the UK are funding geoengineering. This is what we're going to try to set the temperature of the planet to. Suck it. But back to what you said about the, um, you know, your, your solar energy. When I spoke at the EPA in 2015, um, I, I went to an EPA hearing. Uh, and it, This was broadcast on C-SPAN. And my exact words were, let me get back up. Um, I said, aviation-induced cloudiness endangers future growth in solar energy, affects tourism, and is projected to make terrestrial astronomy impossible by 2050. Mm. Now, I said that in 2015 in front of the U.S. EPA. But while everybody was arguing over whether it should be Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, uh, the Obama administration stepped in very quickly because clearly, you know, I brought four other chemtrail activists um, with me to Washington, D.C., and they did not expect things to go the way they did. And they damn sure didn't expect um, Max Bliss to say your despotic New World Order on C-SPAN, which I thought was absolutely epic. Um, but the Obama administration signed what's called the Federal Alternative Aviation um, Pact, if you will, with the European Union, China, and the ICAO, the International Civil Aviation Organization, to use biofuels for contrail control. And as a result of this, you, you know, multilateral Whoa, 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 agreement, whoa. Say that again for contrail control. What? What they call it? 
biofuels for contrail control. Okay, so they're wanting to use some kind of plant-based aviation fuel so it wouldn't make contrails. There's two main types of biofuels. There's HAFA and there's Fisher Tropes, but both of them are bad. Um, some of them are oil seed crops like the Jatropha plant, the Camelina plant. Um, some of them involve like with the Fisher Tropes process, um, turning used chicken fat grease into jet fuel, landfill waste to jet fuel conversion. Um, you name it, they've, they've, you know, pretty much come up with an idea for it. Similarly, in international shipping, because ships make ship tracks and ship tracks make chemtrails like look look like um, a straw compared to your forearm. Um, the International Maritime Organization banned bunker fuel, and that's because you know they said it had too high a sulfur content, and that's bad. But their replacement was something called VLSFO, or Very Low Sulfur Fuel Oil. It is also a biofuel. It's got a hell of a nickname. They call it Frankenstein fuel. Hmm. So in whether it's airlines or international shipping, they're trying to transition from the misnomer fossil fuels because they're not made by fossils. Um, you know, we're not going to get into abiogenesis or anything like that, but let's just put it this way. There's plenty of methane and gas on other planets, and I'm pretty sure there weren't any dinosaurs on them. Um, but regardless, the fossil fuel industry riddled me this. The guys that make the gas that goes in the jets that make the clouds block the sunlight that you need for your solar energy. You think that's a coincidence? You know, I'm you know, nothing surprises me anymore. But you know, I, I'm I wonder if there's a concentrated effort. You know, if it's a a direct, it's a because if you can reduce even a small percentage, fifteen, twenty, thirty percent out here in these big giant fields of solar panels, they also have natural gas uh, peaker plants. And Y'all got right those by, photovoltaic I'm, collectors out there. And, and I'm right by, you know, the Palo Verde nuclear power plant. So I've got Palo Verde nuclear power plant, solar panels out the butt, and uh, within 10 miles of each other, like three natural gas uh, peaker plants. So it's the transmission lines for the power is here. But, you know, um, they're putting in a lot of solar. Even if you cloud it a little bit in Arizona, you're, you're going to get solar. But... There is a benefit to them for it to be, you know, less. I, I guarantee that. But you know, I'm I'm wondering. Well, who's he, I'll, I'll put it to you another another way. Like this is something that you know I got a lot of flag for. But um, the Lahaina fires, yeah, you know, they were a really big topic, and everybody kept talking about 15 minute cities, and you know, oh, they're trying to turn it into some kind of green new village and all this stuff, and that's why they burned it to the ground. And I said, well, if that's the case, then did you know that like 80% of, you know, the, the Hawaiians, the indigenous Hawaiian people had solar panels and generated their own power so much so that they, the, the state of Hawaii ended the buyback program that was in place because consumers were generating more power than the power companies. 
Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise so, me. They do so they were already they were already as green as you can get. I mean, like what what they what they don't want is they 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 say they want green energy, but they don't want is decentralization. Right. You're in my favorite D word. Right. Um, and if you're decentralized and you're not reliant on a government to provide or you know utility that's run by the government or subsidized by the government, then you don't need them. So that's what makes solar dangerous is if it's yours and you own it or you're, God forbid, you try to go off the grid, you know, they're going to come out there and say, well, you know, your your kids should be in school. Uh, you don't have proper Nine. running water, you know, and try to take your children from you. So the, the real question is, how free are we in America? Especially when something that's completely out of our control, which should be completely natural, the sky is literally controlled on a daily basis by the airline industry. Let alone the fact that the CIA or the U.S. Air Force or the United States Navy could be involved in rogue geoengineering, which is basically illegal geoengineering. Roads? It's the Ernest Hancock Show. Where we're going, there aren't any roads. No fear, no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear here in Clarion. Ernest Hancock from Arizona. Well, we're going all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way down to down under New Zealand. Talking with Dave Henderson. This is uh, we're gonna we're just gonna get introduced. I, I just want you guys to you know be introduced to him to say yo what's up to Dave Henderson. Now, Dave is a real estate developer. Or was I don't know what he's doing now. I mean, he's retired wants to save the planet. We'll talk about that. But um, you know, being a real estate guy, he had uh, radio stations in New Zealand, so he had some influence there. He um, came up against the man, the Internal Revenue of New Zealand, whatever you call them, Internal Revenue guys, and they wanted to explain it to him. And he's like, oh, really? Well, he had a, a friend that he helped support that got in Parliament and, yeah, peace out, whatever, and all of a sudden they had the opportunity to, to bring it to the fore and say, everybody, look what's up. I'm willing to do battle with these guys. Go do battle, slap them around. But you know what he got? He won. He got. He got. He got. He got a letter of apology. He's like, "Oh, we're so sorry. We bothered you." You know, so I'm like, is that all you got, Dave? Is that what? Is that what you got? You know, what else did you get from him? Oh no, they owed me money. I got that, Ernie. It wasn't a lot, but I got my money, and uh, uh, I was like Mel Gibson in that movie Payback. It was they didn't owe me a lot of money. That's all. That's all I wanted, and I made it clear to them uh, at the beginning of what was a four-year fight that that didn't matter what happened. I would just keep going till I got my money. I didn't care how much it cost me. They were going to cut the check, and they did. <laughs> you know, this is actually it's even better. It's even better. I made them. They had to give me a cash check. It's the first time in their entire history they had to give a cash check, uh, and because uh, I was saying I'm not putting my money this money into any bank account <laughs> because you'll probably steal it again. So I just, that's all I want. And uh, no, it was a lot of fun, Ernie, and um, taught me a lot of lessons. Uh, but most importantly, what it taught me is just the the importance of defending your values and, and the sense of freedom 
that comes from that. You know, I mean, these guys don't scare me any longer. They spend their lives trying to scare people and intimidate them. But, you know, I'm past that. I don't care any longer, any, which is just a great way to be. But yeah. I, I wrote a, I, I wrote a, uh, what became a very best-selling book about it. I told my story. That was way more important than any apology or any money. Um, and then, believe it or not, okay, I wait, sold wait, the movie. Wait, wait, wait. You wrote a book? Well, we got to get that in the archive, you know, for people. To, what was the name of the book? Don, I'll put it up right well, now. Well, oh, yeah, I'll find it somewhere. But better still, Ernie, I, um, I sold the movie rights, and they made a movie about my story uh, called We're Here to Help. Um, <laughs> there you go. And... Look, it was. It's a long. I won't. I'll give you the executive version. Here, do me but, a favor. Tilt your camera up just a little bit. It's kind of cutting off the top of your head. Okay. All right. There you How's go. That? There you go. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, okay. The, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about this a little bit. You sold the movie rights by Active trying to sell it. They came and they say, Dave, we want to make a movie. Give me a movie. I want a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big production company in New Zealand, South Pacific Pictures, made a lot of movies, very popular movies. They came along, very keen. Acquired the movie rights. They they uh, they made a movie um, that did very well in New Zealand. Played in Australia, France, um, and then by a strange set of circumstances, it ended up being entered into the Anthem Film Festival. Are you familiar with? You know, the Scousins have that big annual event called Freedom Fest every year. Oh yeah, yeah, we've been there, you know, several times. Uh huh. Well, last year was in Memphis, and and they have the Anthem Film Festival, uh, coincidentally with that. And out of all the movies, it won the best feature length film at the Anthem Film Festival. Well, so when was it produced? No, oh, it was produced about twelve years ago, believe it or not. But but let me finish the story because Please. the story has a great end to it, Ernie, which I'm particularly proud of for reasons you'll understand. Is that. These guys, these guys screwed me up. They, well, let me go back a step. In in, in the mid nineties, I uh, because I'm very very determined politically, and I'm a hardcore libertarian, um, which we can talk some more about. But I set up a chain of radio stations in New Zealand in the mid nineties called Radio Liberty, um, and so you can get a sense of what radio, what the radio right. station was about. And Radio uh, Liberty was back in the old days, which you'll remember, of when you're trying to do radio stations. You had to go out and buy AM frequencies. You had to install, you know, 80-foot, 90-foot transmitters. Uh, you had to have backup generators. You had to have studios and staff. And so I had all of these up and down the country. I invested a ridiculous amount of money in setting it all up. And away we went, and we had the most stunning, for New Zealand, the most stunning um, radio setup. With 24 hours, we were dealing with and talking with the issues of the day from a libertarian perspective. We were advancing libertarian philosophy. We were championing anyone who was at war with the state. It was fantastic. But coincidental with this, I had my home raided by the police, and the New Zealand equivalent of the IRS, which is called the um, Internal Revenue Department, IRD, it's the only difference, came after me. And they came after me and came after me and came after me. And eventually, um, they made up all these debts. I couldn't defend it. 
And eventually I went personally bankrupt. Um, was my only way to deal with this, which was pretty tough at the time. Um, but about that time, I thought, no, stuff this. I will go the distance here. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to put this right. And away I went. So uh, it took me four years. And as you rightly described, I got my apology. I got my miserable amount of money. Um, and and I had the fun, uh, immense amount of fun writing this book. But more importantly, I got back on my feet financially as a property developer. And then I bought the Inland Revenue Department's head office. Ah. And I changed its name, Ernie, to Henderson House. So um, for the uh, for the next uh, five, six years, all of these miserable, disgusting pricks who had beaten me up had to trudge their merry and, and dreary way into their office under a huge big sign that said Henderson House. And you know what? It, it, it's that old adage, isn't it? That nothing, nothing is, it, 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 or no, the best form of revenge, nothing exceeds success is the best form of revenge. And what better way of revenge than buying their office building and causing them to have to go to work to Henderson House? So that's the story. No, okay. No, let's get a time frame on this. This is going through the nineties. Yep, it gets to mid mid to late nineties, early two thousands. That's all going on. So as this, uh, you, you prevail, and yep. um, and you rebuilt yourself and so on. That's fine, but the, you know. It, you went through a lot of pain. How how much of an impact did it have on you and your family? You know, your other businesses, your friends. You sure. know I mean, did they, you know, it's always, stop, you're crazy. You're never going to be able to, and you're like, don't care, yeah. you know? And then don't care. did you repair your relationships with your family and friends or? or no, you know, I, um, I, uh, 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 well, the great thing about those events, Ernie, is you certainly quickly sort out who your real friends right, are. Right. So that's that's one of the great positives. Uh, I was in a romantic relationship and she left me. Uh, so that was all positive because someone someone who can't uh, hang in in those circumstances isn't worth knowing. Um, and, yeah, no, no, I had everyone the whole time saying, oh, why are you doing this? Don't you just – actually, the classic line was, don't you just want to get on with your life? And I would say to people, this is my life. Right. This is my life. And, you know, another thing I learned, Ernie, there's much to learn, but another thing I learned is if someone is out to give you a hiding and, you know, no one can beat the state for giving people a hiding. I mean, they have all the authority and all the power and all the ability in the world. So if someone's out to, to give you a hiding, can we give there's you a, what, a hiding, like the skin your hide? A hiding, a beat, a beat up, you know. Okay. Right, uh, right. So I'll make sure we get this language right. <laughs> yeah, no, the colloquialisms will trip us up. Um, the uh, If someone's out to give you a beat up or a hiding, there's two things. that If you decide that it's unjustified, then you absolutely commit to go the distance. That's number one. And number two is you figure out a way to enjoy the process. Now, that might sound a bit a bit strange or a bit oxymoronic or whatever, but it's true because the moment that you stop enjoying this, the moment 
you start fretting and feel under pressure and so forth, that's when those pricks have won. And so I just resolved. I was A, going the distance, and B, that I would come out of this on the right side of things because I, I knew my hands were clean. And, uh, and and thirdly is I figured out a way to enjoy it, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed taking them back on. I took the piss out of them so many ways and embarrassed them. I had fun all the way down the line. I wrote my book. I had great fun doing that. And then, as I said, they made a movie uh, from my book. And, I mean, all of that so embarrassed this government department. Have were, have you been married? Do you have children? You yeah. know? No, <laughs> I have been married. Uh, I'm currently married. I have been married previously. I'm with my current partner now for, in a couple of weeks' time, 24 years. Boom! Uh, right. And she's a sweetheart. And uh, she knows that she knows that um, me sticking to my values uh, is is a very, very important part of our relationship. And uh, if she's not up for that, then then she needs to uh, to uh, pack a case and move on. Uh, well, it doesn't. Uh, like, it's uh, not uh, like she didn't have enough news to know what she was getting into. I mean, oh no, no. Funny enough, that's how she met me because she had read uh, she had read the book I had written, so ah. she knew well and truly what she was getting into. I have I have one son who sort of is a young guy who adopted me um, when he was about four years old, uh, and I've looked after him since then, and he's now. He's now uh, an adult. He's married. He's got some kids, and uh, I treat all of them as they are my grandchildren. Uh, so that's that's my family status. I have had everything else. Dad died when I was ridiculously young. A mother who died just very recently at almost a hundred, and you know, and and siblings. So so all of that's fine. But you know, you know, all of this. The reason I got myself into trouble. And I, it wasn't the first time I'd had headbangs or whatever you want to call them with the state. Um, it's because, Ernie, I learned a long time ago that, you know, the most valuable thing we have in life uh, is our values. And if if we're not clear about what our values are and we're not up for defending them, then we're just a leaf blowing in the bloody wind. And what sort of existence is that? Okay, this is where a lot of times when I interview prominent people in the news and they do it, you know, I rattle off a bunch of names. But the one thing that I'm always interested in is why? Talk show hosts never ask why. You know, I'm going, well, I did this. I go, "Uh uh-huh, why? You know, what teacher, you know, what coach, what parent, what uncle, what sibling, you know, what girlfriend, what, you know, know, employer, what, what? made it to where you even gave a crap or personality trait that was either inherent genetic or, you know, you developed to go, no, heck no, this injustice shall not stand because of, I mean, it's just the resistance was the goal as opposed to what the result would be. It's just, no, you're going to get some bloody. And I'm, and I'm wondering why, why, why do you, why do you, why do you care? Why, 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 why did, why, you know, what made you, you? Well, you know, I my personal philosophy, and, and and actually, let's go back a step. Philosophy is is the most important thing here 
uh, isn't it, Ernie? I mean, that that's what counts more than any other single thing, in my view, is getting one's personal philosophy very clear, very unequivocal, and and being able to live it, not just not just mouth it off when it suits you or you're on a show like this, but actually living it, living those fundamental core principles, and. I, you know, I uh, I guess as a young man, and this is late teens, early 20s, I did put a bit of effort in. I became fascinated with free market ideas. I became fascinated with the morality of freedom, the morality of, we'll say, the libertarian movement. Um, uh, and if I was to show you, I'm sitting in my library in an apartment I've got in uh, – a city in New Zealand, and it's, I don't know, I've got four or 5,000 books here, all the libertarian titles that you've no doubt read and seen and, and had. And I put a lot of time at that point in my life into trying to read, understand, and most importantly, establish very clearly my philosophy. And I think out of that, the core value that I really work hard to subscribe to is personal responsibility because I see liberty and personal responsibility as as two sides of the same coin. You cannot have one without the other. And and the older I get, the more committed I get to the view that personal responsibility precedes liberty. You know, you have to embrace that. You have to live that before you can start to properly experience um, the, the, the wonderful experience of personal liberty. Okay, so I, I don't want I'm answering you. Yeah, no, no, you I appreciate any. it. No, you you're you're doing a great job, but there's one thing I know the audience and and uh concerned individuals want to know. When yeah. you start talking about um uh owned all these radio stations, a real estate developer, uh the man came after sure. me probably cuz you had money, you know. And um so doing this and being successful financially probably what painted a target on your back, but the, um, you know, a lot of people would put that, that is the goal and they would set aside a lot of principle, go along, get along. There's, you know, and, and, and then there's some people that are willing to risk it all. Don't care. The money doesn't matter that much to them, but it does give you the ability to resist. It gives, you know, uh, money is options and options is another word for freedom. I mean, you know, you have these uh, abilities, so I'm wondering, um, your financial success was part of these principles or in spite of it, you know, and what it was that makes you to where you were someone that could afford to do these kinds of things. And you just lucky you won the lottery. There's another trait because you didn't have a family and you were able to put a lot of effort and work into it. You know, explain your financial success and how your principled either helped that or hindered it? Well, I mean, uh, I'm an entrepreneur at base, Ernie. In other words, I'm fortunate to have um, some creative skills and ability uh, everywhere I look in terms of my own personal attitude or disposition. Everywhere I look, I see opportunity. Uh, And I think think we live in in a world full of opportunity. So I have been very creative. Uh, in both establishing businesses, but 
Uh, and in fact, I've had business in America. I've had business, uh, very successful business in Australia. Uh, and, and through New Zealand, I've had failures, um, with things where I've skinned my knees and, and had uh, things that didn't work out. Uh, but along the way, I discovered, uh, that I had some ability in terms of property development and, and, um, uh, and the, the will to risk capital um, in those types of ventures. And I'm conscious that a lot of people are risk-averse and, and hesitant. And I get that. I understand it. I have tremendous empathy for it. Um, but I have been fortunate that um, from time to time in my life, I've had ridiculous successes and made a lot of money. But my focus whenever I've made money has been trying to think what I can constructively do to disseminate these ideas, to disseminate the ideas that I think are valuable and indeed need to be disseminated. Okay, so, okay, here it comes again. Here uh, it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Uh, 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 why? <laughs> well, because, well, go back to philosophy. What truly matters? What truly matters in life is is personal philosophy and taking personal responsibility uh, to achieve freedom. But once you do that, Ernie, you just want to have others to try and get the same ideas, the same view. Now, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be uh, certainly as financially successful. I wouldn't be so clear in my personal philosophy and so determined about it if it were not for the fact that there were a heap of people before me who promoted these ideas uh, and through that, either directly one-on-one -on -one with me, and there were people um, in my community who did that, or through the, the, the books they wrote, the, the talks they gave or whatever that I was able to be a beneficiary of, encouraged me to those views. So, so that's why, Ernie, is that I think I have an obligation every time I have a chance to try and encourage some other young guy or young woman somewhere to those ideas and those views. And look, I don't care what it costs me so long as it's surplus money that I've got and effort. If I can get, if I can get one person in the course of a year to stand up from their, at their desk at their government department somewhere around the world or certainly New Zealand and push their desk over and say, I've had a guts full, I'm out of here. There is something better beyond this meaningless dross. Then I think I've been a roaring success. Oh, of course. But I mean, you know, there's, there's some benefit to you or you wouldn't do it. You know, is it, is it the satisfaction that you get? Is it, you know, uh, uh, humanity marches on. It was, see, the reason I, I, I keep hammering on the why is because yeah. there's always something that happened either in your childhood or your experience with the family or a close friend or something that, that filled you with a positive feeling. A lot of times it's just the fact that you got empathy, you know, the fact that you're human. Because a lot of these guys that we're up against, you know, they're at Davos there. It's a bunch of freaking sociopaths. And I didn't even understand that until the last few years. You know, I hear psychopath, sociopath all the time. Yeah, whatever. They're a bad guy. You know, yeah, in my yeah. day, it used to be sure. they had a criminal mind, whatever that meant. So sure. it's they don't care. 
They, I, I know why. They do these bad things because they can, and it benefits them, and they don't give a crap, you know, what it does well, to you. Sure. It does. Well, it matters I mean, it's to not, you, it's, and I want to know why. Well, it's not an altruistic. It's not an altruistic event, Ernie, um, or, or, or drive. You know, first and foremost, I want to live, and, and I want to see people live, but I want to live in a free world. I want to live in a world that champions you, selfish the- sob. <laughs> I I know it's appalling, isn't it? But I do genuinely want to live in that. Now, funnily enough, I don't, and you don't, and there's not a person on the face of this planet that does, because every every square every square meter or square yard or inch of this planet has been claimed by some authority in some state. So so we don't. Um, we don't do that jurisdictionally, but you can certainly do it personally. I mean, yep. I, I live my life. Um, I live my life telling the state to piss off. Uh, now, I also have reflected because I've spent a lot of time in the US. I have no doubt if I live my life the way I do in New Zealand, in the US, right now, instead of talking to you, um, over the internet on the show, I would be rotting away in some in some penitentiary somewhere. Um, you think? Having been, you think oh, the US is worse than New Zealand now? <laughs> oh, in that respect, in that respect, way worse. I mean, the great thing about a small country is you you, and, and it's one of the reasons why I build a profile is you build a profile, and you know, and then you do get a reputation that you are going to go the distance. I mean, we have we have a screwed up justice system, but we, I mean, and fundamentally, the US and New Zealand, um, the, our justice systems are predicated on English law and a long history of English law. Now, it, it's it's not ideal, but it's certainly better than most. It's one of the reasons I stay in New Zealand is because it has the English system of law. Um, which which it does give you some rights and does give you some benefits. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com